Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Streaming live on the Foundation Podcast YouTube channel, here's Nick and Matt. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Not going to lie, this is such an exciting episode. I forget what number we're on, but I think we're on episode 57. That's right. correct? Okay, so episode 57. I'm actually here in Massachusetts right now with my good buddy, Matt Graham. And you all will see in a second, but I have a lot of my other really good friends sitting right beside me. We are going to get to that. Right next to me. We're going to get to that in a minute. But Nick, you sound so good and you've never looked better. Oh, thank you. It's I like appreciate that. HD. I mean, real life is HD. Yeah. You're yeah. not over Skype and I can hear it's you clearly. nice to be in person. There's no delay when we're talking over each other, which happens a lot. So and actually it works out perfect. <laughs> I bl- I do blame it on Skype. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Skype, guys. Guys, Absolutely. it's Skype. It, yeah. I don't really talk over people. Right, <laughs> that's a lie. That's Every, everyone in the room. Stat or fiction? Really quiet. Does Matt talk over people? <laughs> stat or fiction? The crowd says. Fiction. <laughs> okay, all right. So let's go ahead uh, because there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of people in the room. Number one, but there's a lot we want to talk about. We're gonna open it up. There, we've only got three room, three microphones for how many people? Like seven, nine, six, nine. All of us. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. And and by the way, to the chat, to the chat out there, uh, let us know if you if. Anything's poor, you don't like it, but let us know if things are good. And you got any questions uh, for anybody here? Let me go ahead and pull it up to the. There's the full room. Everyone can kind of wave, like, "Hey!" There. Oh yeah, hey! Everyone's on screen now, so go ahead and give it a wave. So, yeah, there you go, Ezra, Missy. You got Adam. You've got. Does anybody know who this guy in the red shirt is? That's uh, here he is. He's the odd man out tonight. (laughs) Multiple times, it's going to get brought up that he is literally the odd man out. He's the only person. Not what? sponsored by Discraft sitting in this area, <laughs> besides for Magram. I was just we were just yeah, we were just gonna so play Connor. we were just gonna play a game. What what stands out? You know what's the difference? Yes, yeah. he is he the only non-Discraft? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yes. All right, Connor. We're gonna talk to you about that in just a second. Why are you even here? <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, again, put your questions in here. That's who we've got in the room tonight. We are gonna get to them. We also brought back Nick. Judge that disc golfer. Oh, there's clapping in the room. I think that was Hannah Macbeth. Awesome. She loves it. Um, so that will be happening. We also have Stat Mando, as always, bringing us the coolest stats out here. In fact, if we come up with something they don't have, they hit me up the next day and they mm-hmm. say, well, here it is. And we're mm-hmm. able to get it out there. Um, so we're going to play Stat or Fiction. Mm-hmm. You, and I always have to bring it up. I'm sorry, Evan. Nick, do you remember? Do you remember how this came to be? That that game. Yeah, we were Jack? talking about Ledgestone, and for some odd reason, he had this. He had the stats of how much money people have won at Ledgestone throughout their careers, and Ledgestone is always one of the biggest paying tournaments of the year. And he had this wild stat that like Paul Macbeth had made 110 grand throughout six events at Ledgestone, and I was kind of blown away by that and so i was running with it i was like look evan he's my dude stat mando they're my people so i'm running with it i'm just gonna go with it and then right when i said it evan's like that is so wrong and i have no idea how i did that but then we actually ended up getting the actual thing and i think it was like 24 or 30 grand throughout six events maybe it long yeah. story short long story short Nick pumped it fiction, up yeah. because stat mando we have so much faith yeah. in and honestly we do but I was jaw dropped. And then they're like, maybe we should check the ones and the zeros. And anyway, yeah. so we said, let's make it an episode or a segment mm-hmm. stat or fiction. So that's what we're going to do. Um, so I guess getting right into it, I think we shouldn't delay any longer. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of who's who in the room. 
But let's go straight to Connor O'Reilly. Uh, welcome to the Nick and Mash show, Connor. How's it going? Going good. Thanks for, having, thanks for having me. No problem. So you just were down in Delaware, and now you're in Massachusetts. Um, what was that drive like? What were some of the thoughts going through your head? Well, first off, the drivers in uh, this area of the country are a little aggressive more so than anywhere else. So it was a little extra stressful. But uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going through my head, you know, tons of messages pouring in, just thinking about how to how to move forward with it, setting up the interviews and trying to make sure to keep moving forward and, and uh, build off of this. Were you bombarded? Oh, absolutely. I mean, hundreds of messages, probably just shy of a thousand at this point over the last two days. <laughs> Dang, that's sick. Going into the last hole, you're putting out, you have, what, two strokes at this point? Yeah, two strokes going into 18's T. And you make the final putt. What are, like, it's your first Elite Series win. We've actually just figured this out earlier that the three people sitting on the main couch right now, each one of you guys got your first Elite Series win this year. So we've talked to them too about it. What are your thoughts when you hit that final putt? I mean, pretty surreal. It's nice to be able to lay that final one up and kind of take the stress off it. And uh, I mean, I've only been in the game for five short years, and this year has been pretty underwhelming in terms of uh, my potential and how I've played. I've just been a little uh, too tense, I feel like, most of the year on the tee box, just trying to make stuff happen versus playing my game and letting it happen. So uh, just a big kind of a coming together moment, and it it was a special moment for sure. Well... I'm curious if anybody in the room here has any questions for him because we could go on and on, but there's got to be something that's sticking out in your head for Connor. If anybody has it, just wave it down. Otherwise, okay, Hannah, give Hannah a microphone. Hi, Hannah McBeth here with the Party Podcast on Disc Golf Network. Um, Connor, you are sitting on a couch where all three of you have won your first Elite Series event this year. And I mean... There's been a lot of parody going on this year. A lot of different winners, people rising to the top, some people falling off, et cetera. But um, what does it feel like for you? I mean, the storyline is that you haven't really com- been competing at your best. And then all of a sudden you just walk away with the win. And all three of you can answer this question because you guys have all taken it down this year. But I mean, what changed for you? Um, I think the biggest thing for me was, like I said, just being a little more in control and being slower with my feet on the tee box. I think being slower with my feet also helped my mind be a little slower and just really be focused on my target. I think I was just moving a little too fast and letting my my thoughts kind of ramp up towards the end of my swing versus just being smooth, being slow, and letting the the stroke be accurate. But uh, like you said, there's so much parity in the game nowadays, and it's never there's never been more. And uh, to grab a win in a time like this is, is definitely uh, it's special. It is kind of crazy because let's take six years ago in 2015, you had. One guy pretty much winning everything. 2016, you pretty much have one guy winning most of everything. Taking out in 2021, we're talking about the parody. Multiple winners this year, multiple big names coming out. Paul and I were actually talking about this earlier to where we're kind of getting to a point, like in golf, to where when you win that tournament, it's almost career-changing and life-changing. And you and I were just talking about it earlier. The payout structure in disc golf right now is not nearly what it is in golf, but at the same time, just because you won a national tour event, an elite series event, it's not the, let's say the 4,500 bucks that you're getting that night. It's the residual income that can now come about with it afterwards. It's more sponsorships that potentially come into play. Are you already actively like seeking those new ventures? Has Latitude come up to you? Cause you're a Latitude sponsor player for people who don't know. Is Latitude already, you know, do you have stuff in the works going yeah, on? Yeah, I'm going to have a phone call with Latitude on Wednesday morning. And we're talking about getting some discs run and also probably doing a batch of discs through OTB as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, trying to 
make sure to take something like this and try to get the revenue flowing through on multiple streams because I think that's kind of what you have to do. Yeah. For sure. Chrissy and Adam didn't answer my question about winning your first Elite Series this year. Like, what changed for you guys? Which, yeah, as they go to answer that, incredible, and I just want to set this up for them. The three sitting on this couch right now, this was your first Elite Series win, right? And yep. Yeah, that's incredible. So, yeah, go ahead and answer that question. Uh, for me, you know, it changed my fan. I think it almost doubled my fan base. I think, uh, I mean, around wow. the time that I won Masters Cup, I definitely was over 10,000 Instagram followers, but, you know, now I'm, you know, I think 500 away from 25,000, so... Just just since then, it's been pretty crazy. You know, the messages I've been receiving, you know, the support, um, just the, the how fast my discs sell out, stuff like that. It's just been great. Um, definitely, you know, it's been life changing. It's definitely motivational and it's been good. Yeah, same for me. I mean, I've seen it a lot on social media followings. I've seen it on um, just people coming up to me and they knew who, know who I am. And, um, you know, even I think part of your question was, you know, how did you go from maybe not playing great or, you know, even close to a win and then all of a sudden, you know, getting getting the win? Um, you know, it's just because we've seen so many new winners this year, I feel like that's just given me personally more confidence to be like, hey, any weekend I can do this. I know I have the skills. I know I have the confidence. I just have to put it all together and just play my game and eventually it's going to, it's going to all come, you know, fall into place. So yeah, it, it's been awesome to finally have that win and then, you know, follow it up with a couple of good finishes after that and really know that I, uh, I can do this and I'm here, you know, for the long haul. Like the win at Stafford Open. Hey. Can you talk about that really quick? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that I had uh, that was my third year uh, going to Stafford Open. I won it last year as just an A tier. Um, you know, I'm from New York, so it's it's just a nice little yeah, it's a nice little uh, in between on on our way to this you know northeast swing. So, um, you know, to come away with a win as a Silver Series this year, I mean, it's it's awesome. And um, I guess I was maybe one of the only MPO FPO players to ever def defend their title there. So, um, yeah, a super awesome crew there. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was just a nice, really wooded course. And, um, I think it prepared me for coming into the Northeast swing. Nice. I, honestly, people already in the chat, you know, before we started, were roasting me. They're like, Matt, are you going to let anybody talk? So <laughs> the room laughs awkwardly, but I'm trying to fill it in here. Yeah, okay, we got someone in the room you might know. Paul Macbeth's got the mic, everybody. So I'm going back to over a decade ago, actually, when I won my first Elite Series in 2011. So, so the things that come into my head uh, when I think back to my final round, um, there was like the adversity that I faced which I lost some drivers that were really key coming down the stretch. Um, and then the moment that I realized, like, I'm actually going to win this tournament. Like, I'm in a really good position to win this tournament. Um, and I still remember those two moments in that final round. What were those moments for you guys? So we'll start with Connor and then work, work your way down. Yeah, so for me this weekend, um, final round, I came out tense. And uh, I was one up through four. I think throwing out of bounds on four there and kind of feeling that moment of like, okay, like the pressure's really on. I'm kind of slipping away. I had six strokes on Rick. Now all of a sudden I have three. He's right there, 1A, 1B for the best player in the world at the moment. And uh, the pressure really started mounting then. Went on a little birdie streak though after that. And then uh, I think hole 16, I threw my upshot 
and I parked it. Uh, I told Paul earlier I had goosebumps go through my body because that was the moment where I was like, okay, I, like this, this is it. I, I had played hole 17 and 18 pretty clean off the tee. And I knew if you can get clean off the tee on those par should be the, probably the worst, the worst score you take. So those were, those were those moments for me, I think. Uh, coming down the stretch of De La Viega for a win is pretty dang stressful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, gravity, it all started, you know, with that roll away. Then I had to make that 45 footer up the hill and, uh, to only, you know, lose one to Kevin after he parked the hole was pretty good. I thought I was gonna lose, you know, a couple there, two, three. And then the next hole I'd make that 30 footer. And then uh, coming down the stretch, you know, the last three holes, um, the last two at De La, 23, 24, you know, aren't the hardest holes. I mean, you can birdie them pretty easily both. Uh, but, but hole 22, 22 was the one that I, you know, solidified the tournament on. I threw a nice shot, made a 20-footer. Um, yeah. Hold on. Get her a mic. <laughs> Those are, like, not casual putts. Yeah, they're Those scary, but I had links. to make them at the You're time. Like, yeah, and um, <laughs> I was feeling it that week with I'm the like, putter. <laughs> those are, I mean, those are the ones no. you gotta make. I just wins. like that you said that, and everyone just kind of let you but, say uh, you it. Know, it wasn't gonna give you props. <laughs> I didn't realize, you know, I won the tournament until it was after hole twenty-two. You know, I got the birdie, I got the stroke on Kev there, and I just had to par out. And uh, you know, paring out the last two holes is isn't too hard to do. Just had to get over the trees on twenty-three, and you know, chip up my zone on twenty-four and lay it up for the win. So definitely wasn't over till you know the last two. Whole round was a battle. Stuff course. Well, and speaking of not so easy putts, um, <laughs> I did not have the luxury of just laying up the putt and and winning. So I didn't make it easy on myself. Um, I knew, you know, I I was playing pretty well, but Jess Jessica Weiss just kind of put on some pressure in the end, um, and at Des Moines, and you know maybe missed a couple birdie opportunities coming down the stretch, but we both did. And it was just, all right, it was down to 18, which I knew personally that it was going to take a lot for me to birdie that hole. I was never playing that for, for birdie um, just because it, I was never successful in practice. So for me, I just knew that I had to throw each shot exactly how I had practiced. And she threw three incredible shots and was parked for the birdie, but I did have a stroke on her going into that, you know, that green so I threw my upshot and it was a bit shorter than I would have liked um from about maybe 175 feet um so I knew I had to make a 25 footer to not go into a playoff and um you know luckily for me that's kind of what I do uh I kind of excel on the putting green so I knew that yeah, I we know. I could yeah I couldn't <laughs> I, I couldn't know. lose it now like yeah. this was like all right this is what you do you have to put this in there and it was one of the most confident putts I think I've ever ever thrown and uh yeah to, to take it down like that was pretty special for me it looks like it was confidence too and in fact even to I want to say Idlewild I was watching you and I'm just like why you're just really feeling it. Like you're, you can just see the full confidence of your putt. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. This is a live show. And right in the middle of the live show, I get a text from my dad. This is just to tell you how the sport is growing. First of all, my dad got into it two years ago. He plays more disc golf than me. And he texts me, I know you're live, but guess what? I saw Kevin Jones at Olive Garden tonight. So this, <laughs> the sport <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty cool. The sport is really exploding. And before we transition into which some people are waiting for out there, judge that disc golfer. I kind of want to ask anybody in the room, you guys have mics there, but anybody, um, what has been the biggest standout thing to you 
uh, with this explosion since the pandemic start. Um, Ezra, you start. Anything crazy for you? Yeah, he's kind of on camera. They're saying like he's doing isometric workout as he sits here or something. So I don't know. I have to stay in shape all the time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, go ahead, Ezra. What was the other question again? It's just generally, <laughs> he's like, I don't know. I'm still waking up over It was since the pandemic, things have exploded. Yeah. Have you experienced anything that was like, wow, that didn't ever happen before, but now it does? Like yeah, I mean, the growth of the sport. One of the craziest things is just getting recognized, you, it, just getting recognized, you know, in public, not on the disc golf ball. So if I'm in the mall or whatever, sometimes I get recognized and that's, that's crazy. I'll be driving, driving on the street and people will see me. I mean, I'm sure it happens to everybody. Um, but yeah, that's, that's no, no, it's, not it's just, just yeah. that, you're <laughs> that helps too. That does help too. They always say, oh, it's Paul and Beth. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, uh, he has Paul on his RV anyways. Yeah. So you, you, you do know, you know. Um, but yeah, that and then just having all the fans out uh, watching too. We didn't have fans last year because of COVID, so I'll definitely say that's that's one of the main things as well. Okay, anybody else? Yeah, Adam. Uh, I think the biggest thing I like, like noticed and I think is really cool is the disc sales. Um, like my first year on being in the elite elites, elite team on Discraft 2019. You know, I had the Wasp. I didn't sell you know as many as I was hoping to. You know, I didn't sell that many. There was still some on the shelves at the end of the year. And then come to this year, I get my first custom run with, you know, resistance discs. And uh, it I've never had a custom run, and it sells out instantly. I'm like, whoa. Like, so, I don't know. Just discs are hard to get right now, and just how many discs can sell. Like, there's so many people in the sport. By the way, and yeah, you can hand it off, Tyler. You know who, or Tyler, you know who's in the chat, right, Adam? Tyler's Real Fishing. And he goes, yes, Adam is back. He's looking dusty, though. He's looking dusty. <laughs> All right, yeah, so Connor, what do you got? I feel like I've noticed, like, I mean, I've only been playing five years, but the first couple of years, I feel like I'll tell people, oh, yeah, like, I, I play a lot of disc golf, and they're like, oh, what? And I'd be like, oh, you know, golf with the Frisbee. And I feel like now... It seems like it's kind of peaked onto the national consciousness, even if you're not like huge in the sports to where I feel like most of the time when I tell people I play disc golf, they're like, oh, like they've, they've heard of it. Or I feel like before I was kind of having to describe it a little more to them. So mm -hmm. True. Yeah, our neighbors Googled us. So we moved recently across town and um, I finally got to meet them at the mailbox because we live in the country. So everyone's kind of a little bit spread out. And um I finally got to meet them and they were like, oh, so you guys, uh, you guys are the disc golfers because the people who previously owned our house let them know who they were selling it to. And um, I said, yeah, you know, my husband. And as I was talking, he was like, oh, no, I already know all about you. My daughter and I Googled you. And I'm like, cool, cool. No, no, no. I, no, it's so cool. Yeah, I love that. Um, so and then he was like, yeah, so you're on tour. Like, how was your last tournament? And I'm like, this is bizarre, but I am social, so I'll talk to you. And it was just the weirdest thing trying to get my mail. My neighbors are all like, yeah, I know what's up. Frisbee golf. And I'm like, well, we'll work on that. But <laughs> actually, I did. Just think of something, too, that I've seen recently because I've been tagged in things. Um, but people are like, I think people, there's so many new people uh, just getting into the sport or knowing about the sport or whatever. And they're seeing, say, my performances as of late. And I see comments like, Discraft, get her a tour series disc. What are you doing? And I'm just thinking, like, I do have one. <laughs> What's happening? But at first, I didn't, I didn't think about it. But, at, you know, as I thought about it, I was like, oh. They probably just don't even know because one, they're sold out everywhere. Yeah, true. And two, they're they just are new to the sport. So yeah. that's a that's a funny one. Have you guys have you guys have any like weird fan interactions? Because they're I mean, when we came back out this year, 
and COVID regulations sort of calmed down a bit for tournaments, we could all be outside existing together again with fans. People got a little crazy. Like they were like real excited. Like normally they'll show up, they'll like applaud for you. But now they're like, can I get your autograph, please? I've been waiting for a year. And you're like, whoa. So did any of you guys have any like kind of intense fan interactions? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, somebody had me sign an Instant Pot. So that was cool. Oh and somebody else had me sign a can of beans. So Tony Mendoza. You know, Tony Mendoza, dude. Yeah, shout out to that guy. Don't forget the so. baby onesie we signed in Michigan. The what? Yeah, what was that? Uh, Someone had a baby onesie they were signing. Yeah, a baby. Wow. I bet y'all signed that. Yeah. You guys have made it. <laughs> have any of you guys had any f like really big fans that are younger kids come up to you and just start crying when they're talking to you? Oh, no. no. We are not Paul McBeth, no. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just asking. Really really quick. Go back to the original question. <laughs> oh man! Don't tell them that was Meeple. Yeah. Nick's not on microphone, so nobody can hear what you're saying. Just to go back to the previous question, just talk about the expansion in disc golf, how it's helped you too. Because Jeff, one of the things that in 2020 is when you switched over to being disc graphs tour manager, right? So people, obviously, we've talked about that on the show before, but kind of talk about the expansion with that, and then Paul, same thing for you. Uh, so I think one of the craziest things that we had happen this year is we've run a couple of Discraft demo days, which are like our pop up like events where we run clinics and like some doubles. We did one with Adam and Ezra in in Oklahoma, and we kind of like we just had an off week coming up, and we're kind of, I was like Ezra, you're coming to Oklahoma with us. You're gonna run this like everyone loves you, and they're gonna come out to like get your autograph and buy a frisbee from you, and you're gonna be blown away by how crazy it is. And I was blown away how crazy it was because we had like 60 something people sign up and then we had another almost like 80 or 90 people show up day of that didn't register online. They were just like, we want to come like learn from Adam and Ezra, like how to putt, how to throw far, how to eat beans and like <laughs> just shred I'm disc golf. sure we pulled more people to our demo day than the B tier okay. did 30 minutes down the road. Yeah, we did. There was a B tier down the road that had 60 something people and we had 150 something people come out to our demo day that we yeah. like basically tossed together in like two weeks and it was crazy like we just When's i mean the next one, Jack? yeah the, the demo <laughs> days are really coming up ezra let's go do one <laughs> i mean ezra ran three clinics throughout the day uh signing discs sending people on the course bunch of grip bags fun prizes to win come hang out talk trade collectible discs they're always pretty fun so sick invite all this is incredible <laughs> if the chat is excited to do this would you just share it let everybody know more, let, let Paul go. yep cool and i want everybody out here including the chat too we're gonna get to paul's think of a question for simon lazat we'll get to that in just a minute but all right go ahead get your question out there i don't know oh yeah how did it did anything change for you oh, on covid on with pandemic yeah go ahead and wrap that up yeah. um i mean i think the biggest the biggest thing is just I feel like there's a lot of fans in the sport now, like people that discovered disc golf just by watching it on YouTube that don't even play. I think that's the biggest thing is we have a lot of fans in disc golf that don't even play or have never played disc golf, but they just are entertained and just enjoy watching the competition of, of us out there. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing I've noticed so far. And just uh, I think it's the and now that we have tournaments back and we have fan experiences, it's like. It's in it's insane how many people show up to these tournaments now. And and how many people are like, this is the first tournament I've ever been to. I've never been to one of these events before. And it's like 
these tournaments are selling tickets to these events because yeah, they I heard have to that a dozen they, times this weekend. Probably they have to limit the number of people they can have there because the park won't hold so many, and and also a few restrictions as well still. But like that, I I, I feel like that was such a big thing for our sport because that money is going to start going back into the purses and things like that to where. You know, it, it, it almost is like other sporting events to where you have to pay to get in there to get the experience. And and if not, you know, you can pay for a subscription and watch the Disc Golf Network to where it, I don't know. It's just I think that's the biggest thing I've seen in the sport, as well as, you know, the players are elevating and all that. And there's just a lot of parody. And, and as you mentioned so far. So. So, yeah. OK, I got one more. Nick. Yeah, I think kind of yeah. going on the last one. The pandemic year caused the Nick and Matt show to uprise. And that was when I was actually down in Virginia with Paul and Hannah and we were working on Paul's course for a little bit, doing a bunch of coursework there. But then Matt and I had the idea that we really did want to get into a little bit more of the content creation world because as a player, I wasn't about to go out and make YouTube videos of like how to do things or showing off. That's just I was skill level was not there, um, but we did want to have fun and figured out personality wise that Matt and I kind of meshed together pretty well. And Matt, the whole production aspect of the Nick and Matt show is all thanks to Matt. That's insane what he does. And I just try to hit up some people here and there and say, yo, you want to be on the show? And then I'm like, Matt, they didn't answer me. So then he messages them and they all message back to him. I don't know what it is, but anyway, so for the pandemic, I pay, year, I pay them money. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait. So that's where all of, that's where all of our money went. Um, what money, Nick? But yeah, exactly. And it's just. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. I got one more thing. Okay. That, yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Hannah. This is this is kind of weird. So, um, I obviously I do a women's only podcast on the Disc Golf Network, and so I talk to a lot of people about women's disc golf, and uh, a women's disc golf only podcast. Anyways, whatever. This is fine. This is live. So, uh, one of the things that happened recently with a lot of our fans of the show is with Kristen Tatar's dominance. We ha- we have to remember that a lot of these fans are new this year, so they just started paying attention. For a long time, it was, wow, Paige Pierce, she's really, like, taking control of FPO. She's really, like, you know, kicking butt and taking names. And then Kristen Tatar shows up. And so now they're like, well, they're questioning Paige's legacy and her dominance. And at first I was like, well, why? That's so small-headed. You know, think of the history and all the things. She said she had five world titles, like, not for nothing, you know, all this stuff. And... It's because they're just here this year. And that puts a lot of pressure on the pros, I think, in a way that maybe they didn't even realize. So sorry, you guys. No pressure. But, like, you know, there's so many new fans out there just up for grabs. And I think Kristen grabbed a lot of them when she was here. And now, um, yeah, that's that's just a side effect from what I've seen because people haven't been around to, like, see what she's done. So... Yeah, nowadays there's so much like media content that they can just fill themselves up even from this year, the last yeah. two years, versus having to go back in the vault like a lot of people even from a couple years ago. Yeah, which makes our job right. And that's why we have to do our job as commentators and as reporters and tell people stories because they, you know, nothing, you know, it doesn't just start over because there's so many more people in the sport. Like we've been here and we've been established as a sport and as a community, and, and now people who are coming in need to be taught so put some respect on Paige pierce's name thank you <laughs> shout out to Paige pierce she uh helped a couple of the team discraft players with some passions and i was able to actually throw it for a couple holes today awesome disc and i yeah I, she was telling me yeah. that you, you bombed one on hole 11 apparently i'm gonna retry to take one tomorrow a little more stable 
Yeah, I want to try the one. Glow one I have Hopefully she has one left. Everybody is talking about a new disc in here, guys. It's pretty exciting. We have a bunch of disc golfers who like throwing yeah. discs, and it's this. This is what's going to get kind of tough. Is someone's going to say something random, and then everyone's <laughs> okay. just going to want to talk on that the whole time. Which I did. It's going to be perfect. Yes, I did watch yeah. Ezra throw the passion, and he threw it further. Let's be clear than your nuke. It wasn't a, okay, a hold on. Give him the mic. Give him a knife. Hey, it was Give not one of the Ezra nukes. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't a 2-0 series nuke, but it did go full, though. So, yeah, on, on hole 11 at Maple Hill, I don't know, the passion flipped up and just, just got some glide and went like 50 feet past the white basket or whatever. And, and that was yeah. the first time you've thrown that disc. That was, that the was literally the first the, time. Yeah, the, the glow version of it, the glow one, which is yeah. a little bit more stable than the ESP. Yeah. But, yeah, Very it's a great cool. disc. If you guys want to... Check it out. Paige and I did a, some YouTube videos that will hopefully be dropping on Wednesday. So all it right. all depends on how quick Matt edits them, right? That's true. <laughs> no, no, I'm not editing. I'm not Thanks, editing. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Um, so getting to this portion of the show, we have a special guest lined up in our virtual green room, which we weren't totally planning on, but it worked out and it lets us get across the border. COVID does not happen through the, the wires as far as we know. And we are going to pull in now at this point, um, Simon Lazat, everybody. Uh, the room should be able to hear you, uh, Simon, so you can talk to your friends, uh, whatever you want. Um, but our first question is, uh, what's it like in Canada? Hey. Hey, guys, can you hear me? Yep. Yes. Yeah, we hear you, Simon. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Canada's awesome. It feels like home, kind of-ish. <laughs> Okay, so we got the room trying to figure out if they can hear you well. They're like, can I we can see hear you? Can you too? Um, you can hear him. No. Okay. Let me do this. Let me do this. This will help people at least see you. That's weird. We have the music that we could all hear, but ready. No, we can't hear Simon. Oh, you can't hear Simon? No. Only the headphones can hear. Yeah. Man, okay, the headphones I wonder, can hear It you. must just be a Skype thing, right? All right, so if Simon has a question for the room by chance, he can ask directly or we can pass it off. The people with headphones oh, on the couch. These people right here, the ones with the headphones, Simon, they can hear you. I can hear you. I guess that's it for right now. Okay. okay. Paul has a question. Hand him the microphone. No, hold on. Hold on. Get, you need the microphone. <laughs> yes, hey, Simon, Paul, I can't can. hear you, but can I borrow the Audi for this week? Yes, please. It needs to be driven. Yes. It's been sitting for three weeks and it's going to be four weeks. Yes, so I don't think that's good for driven. any car. <laughs> it's been sitting too long, he says. <laughs> it's been sitting too long. Um, all right. Uh, so, Simon, I guess we're just going to give the floor to you for a minute here to um, talk to us a little bit about your experience overseas, if you would like to. Um, you heard some of our questions, if you want to elaborate on that. But we're going to give you the floor. Um, we're talking about the explosion of the growth of the sport. The pandemic did that. And then, yeah, what's going on in Canada? I'm sure, you know, this is an opportunity for you to not have to repeat yourself 100 million times. You can do it once here because that's how many people listen to the Nick and Matt show. So, yeah, whatever you want to talk about, Simon, here's the floor. I, I There's so many people in that room. I I'm guess I'm going to keep this as short as possible. Um, of course, European Championships now, wow, it's two weeks ago already. Czech Republic, one of my favorite courses in the world, Franz Ferdinand uh, Disc Golf Park, is just an amazing place to play disc golf. We had perfect conditions, and unfortunately, that hurt even more because I was playing so poorly. It was a pretty sad performance. I somehow still ended up in the top 10, you know, snuck in a seventh place there, but couldn't defend my European champion title, which was pretty sad. But uh, it happens. It's okay. Then I got to visit Germany for the first time in two years. Uh, met my nephew for the first time who was born last year. So pretty cool family and friends time at home for three days. And then the disaster kind of started when I was trying to fly back to Boston. 
um, that held me up like literally 60 feet before my gate. There was like one last passport or visa control or something. And they said, uh, nope, you can't get on this plane. And I, I thought that I thought it had to be some mistake because it didn't make any sense that I couldn't go home because I've been living there for three years and I have my visa, like everything I own is in America, basically. So it felt surreal, but I was stuck there. They said the law is the law. And I had to stay in Frankfurt, Germany, actually for two nights because that was the first flight I could catch to Canada where I could go because I'm a Canadian citizen. Um, total bummer. Then when I got to Canada, I thought maybe I have a chance to go from Canada to the States. But uh, also they said, nope, 14 day minimum quarantine. So I quickly had to realize that I'm going to miss Maple Hill, which is obviously for me living 20 minutes from the course and a huge bummer, heartbreaker. Uh, one of my favorite places to play disc golf as well and home course, home crowd, kind of. Yeah, um, big disappointment, of course. Natalia, uh, my fiance being home alone now for three weeks, it's going to be four weeks next week. Um, not super stoked about the whole situation either. But, you know, it could be much worse. So at the end of the day, it's fine. I'm chilling at my uncle's house right now. I'm in his uh, home office. He runs his little own disc golf store out of his basement here. He's been uh, playing disc golf for over 40 years, I think. And uh, it's cool to see family here as well. So I'm trying to make the best of the time, kind of just hanging out, doing not much, um, kind of just relaxing after this stressful last couple of weeks of a lot of traveling and playing disc golf. People, that was the short version. Yeah, a, lo a lot of people in the chat and a lot of people in this room right now want to know if you actually know how to work that phone that's sitting behind your right shoulder. <laughs> if you can dial someone's number on that, we're curious. Do you actually know Call how Paul to? Call Paul Macbeth. Call Paul Macbeth. It yep. also has letters on it, like the alphabet. I like, goes, what the hell is that for? <laughs> so look at look up Paul's number. We want to see if by the end of the show, we want to see you call Paul on a rotary phone. Yep. <laughs> I wonder if this is on. I bet not. No, nope, nothing. Okay. Oh, he said it. <laughs> okay, so we know you, you know you got a lot going on in Canada, but what? Because you're not in the room, you're not playing the MVP. I know that hurts. It, out of this room, who's going to finish the high? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, do you have any picks? Are you hey, ready? I'll, to, are I'll, you ready? I'll, I'll ask him. Out okay. of everyone that's in the room, do you know who's in the room right now, Simon? Yeah, yeah I, I was watching like the last three, okay. four minutes. Who's going to finish the best? We want to know. Just out say it room? already. Yep. Uh-oh. Hannah. 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 <laughs> okay, now for the men. <laughs> Um, oh man, uh, let me go with Connor. Oh, Jeff Connor. You know, no, I'm just kidding, Connor. <laughs> I mean, huge shout out and congrats again. I mean, I already texted him on Instagram, but uh, dude, I watched every shot, final round. It was so fun to watch, and congrats on your first big win. And hopefully, you can ride that uh, that bus a bit longer. Appreciate that. Bum, bum that you're not going to be making it to Maple Hill. I know the whole disc golf world's bummed about that as much as you are, so uh, sucks not to see you here. I know. I'll be there. I get in Sunday mor uh, Saturday morning, so I might show up on Sunday just to, I don't know, maybe spot. I might need a caddy. So I was going to say, if, if my tea time's <laughs> early enough after your flight, just come straight to the course. You can, you can caddy for me at like 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm just going to come and walk the course with Natalia and just uh, get the the audience experience in disc golf, which I, I pretty much never get. Do you have anyone you want to line up and get an autograph from? I mean, are we in that stage with you yet? or? No. 
Steve Dodge. <laughs> Steve, Dodge. Steve Dodge. Awesome. Um, you're welcome to stick around, Simon, to play judge that disc golfer, or you can step out. What, what do you prefer to do? We're just about to get into that. Oh, no, I have a very busy schedule okay. tonight, but I thank you so much for having me. And uh, I'm jealous. I would be love. I would love to hang out in Matt's basement right now. I love that place. <laughs> awesome. He, Next time to the room that didn't hear. He says he wants to hang out in Matt's basement. It's he loves being there. It's an amazing place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool, Simon. Thank you for stopping by so much. Uh, I'll I'll try to find you on a Saturday or Sunday. So you'll you'll be welcome back. All, All right. right, guys. Peace. Peace. Thank Peace you. Out. All right, guys. Full. Full room's on camera now. Simon's out. I apologize to the guys in the room, girls in the room who couldn't hear him. He, he was his fairly upbeat self, but you could hear the disappointment. Um, let, that brings to one, anybody who wants to answer this. We don't need to do everybody unless there's everybody has a great answer. Uh, have you ever missed out on a tournament that you were like expecting to play and it didn't happen because of something? I'll just leave it at that. Anybody? Can you think of one? So I was down in Austin, Texas, and to play, what was it called? What's oh, Lo the Lone Star Classic? Lone Star Classic. So for those of you who don't know, they usually have an amazing payout because they have sponsors like Tito's Vodka really putting a lot of money into that event. So I was going down there to play that. But my good old friend Paige had the, uh, Paige Pierce had the idea to go to the roller rink, which I had never really roller skated before. I'm pretty proficient at roller blading, but they're very different. Um, so I went and pretty much fell the first loop I did. I fell pretty hard on my hands because it's just a reaction. And I actually kind of hurt my wrists pretty bad. And I didn't post about it. Nobody really knows about it, but I had to drop out of that event because I couldn't even do anything with my with my throwing hand. So that was a bummer, but yeah. And the lesson you learned was don't go roller skating oh, okay. <laughs> ever yeah. again. That's the next year's contract. All right, money off your Never body. Again. You gotta change. Are you trying to go rollerblading this week or what? Nope. No. Roller Rollerblading's oh, fine. Roller Skates. Yeah, those were tough. All right. <laughs> so we've made it to this point in the show at this point, and we may transition out the the feature, if you will, who's sitting over here on camera right now. We might do that, but not quite yet we are bringing back a fan favorite right now we've kind of explained this to everybody you'll be able to pick it up as you go if you don't know how to play this but for everybody in the chat get your keyboards ready your typing fingers we're going to play judge that disc golfer so without further ado let's go ahead and get that up for everybody judge that disc golfer the game show where you judge a disc golfer you've never met Hey Lauren, my name is Matt. Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. We haven't done this segment in a while, so we're kind of welcoming it back with you. We want to get to know a little bit about you, so go ahead and start us off with how long have you been playing disc golf for? Um, getting close to 10 years now. Okay, so 10 years. Um, are you local to Maple Hill where I'm recording this? No, um, I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota, but I moved into my van in about 2015 and started touring, became pro in 2018. All right, everybody, she's got a van and she's already used the word touring. If you don't recognize her, your last name is? Butler. Okay, so Lauren Butler. Let's find a little bit about your game now. Um, you've played in a lot of tournaments. What's your best ever performance at a tournament? Like any tournament, it could be A, B, C's, whatever. Like your favorite, your best performance. Um, 
I guess when I came up to this area for the Worlds in 2018 at Smuggler's Notch, I finished 15th or 16th, so that was, I think I played like 960 the whole week, so that was definitely like my best performance, best throughout the weekend. Okay, so you your event average was 960. Um, do you know off the top of your head what your rating is as a player? Right now it's below 900, actually. Um, I used to be 915, and then COVID kind of hit, and I took a break to take care of my grandparents and stuff, so... Well, that's obviously a very nice thing to do. So good job there. Yeah. Um, so people are getting to hear a little bit here about your game. You're actively touring. Did you, yep. do, are you traveling to all the pro tour events? Um, not all the pro tour events. Me and my partner, Alex Berg, own Dream Disc Golf Company and we tour around the US. We run little beginner events and clinics. We do a lot of free clinics for kids, which lead to um, little, you know, sanctioned events or one-on-one -on -one clinics and that kind of thing. Awesome, totally cool, your investment there to the sport. All right, I think we generally might have enough to start judging you as a disc golfer. Right, so here go. comes the first question. How far can you throw a disc? Okay, so here's how the game's played. Just for those who have never seen this game before, go ahead and leave your comments in the chat. How far is she going to answer that she can throw a disc? Now, everyone interprets this question differently, so you have to guess what she answers just for her answer, what she interprets that to be. I'm going to open this up to the room. Please use a microphone for your answer. And we can, if anyone that wants to participate in the room can do that, you just pass it around as you go and just, yeah, give us your guess. What's she going to answer? And we'll just go around the room. Keep track of your points. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep track of your own points if you get a point. We should start with Ezra and then pass it. Sure, way. start with Ezra. That sounds good. Are we talking accurate distance? Or you can. No. Since there's nine of us, we'll just try to do okay. it like no. say feet. 312 feet. Ezra says 312. All right. I'm going to go 323 feet. Uh, Jeff Corns <laughs> from Resistance Disc, 323 feet. <laughs> Ezra, I, I was literally going to say 312 as well, hey. like on the dot, but I'm going 315. I'm going to say 325. I'm Nicholas Carl with the Nick and Macho, and I'm going to go 285 feet. Now, I already, I know the answers because I asked the question, so I'm going to pass it over to the couch. Now, Connor, you can go. Yeah, Connor here. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to give her a 330. Is this price is right? Are we keep going up a little bit? Whoever gets like the, the 301, 331. Missy's going to have the advantage. All right, go ahead, Adam. Uh, Adam here. I'm going to go 355. Oh. Okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. This is how, like, how far she can throw? Like, we, how far we, no, so listen, she so she, it's she up to you. She might say it, like, she might say her best golf distance, I don't know. Okay. Well, she Nick, might say can, her yeah, best golf distance is 300 feet, but max the question, she can throw 375. So, we don't, literally, the question is asked, how far can you throw a disc? And I zip my lips. So, she has to interpret that. You have to guess how she's going to answer. Mm. That's tough. Okay. I've played with Lauren before, and I know she throws far. Um, so, if she answers it as as if, like, what's her... It's whoever's closest. Okay. 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 Well. So, Adam, uh, did Adam have the highest? Yeah, wait, I've never had a chance so to play with her. 355, right? What'd you say? 355? All right. Yeah, it's I might as well. Yeah. $1. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. So, three, yeah. I'll say, like, three... Ooh, I'll say 360. Wow. By All the right. way, Tyler Real said further than Adam. Yeah, that was his answer. <laughs> further than Adam. And then, oh boy. And then he follows it up with, "I bet, I bet she can putt better than Adam too." What did you? What did you do to okay. piss off Tyler? Tyler, don't you have like editing to do? Yes. Yeah. 
all you have to do right now? <laughs> okay. All right. But getting back to the game at hand, let's go ahead and hear how Lauren uh, answered. Here is her answer. In a distance contest, I threw it like 436. I usually throw it about 380 with accuracy. Okay, so you got to give us one answer. I heard both of those, uh -oh. but if we were to step uh -oh. you up and you were to throw, how far are you going to throw? Uh, 380. <laughs> All right. All right, she answered 380 feet, so one person in the room gets the point for this question. Missy. I said 360. I didn't want to go okay. too much. But. Didn't want to go too much, but you got it. 360. Yeah. If you're in the chat and you got that right, give yourself a round of applause or just comment, hey, I got that right. <laughs> That's fun to play with the audience. All right, here She's we go. very tall and lanky. So. <laughs> Question. Uh, this is this is a juggling act all I got. Now, Missy right starts now. this one. Okay. Sure. Cool. All right, we'll here go we go. This way. Mm -hmm. I think there's six questions. We'll go to question number two. Here we go. You step up to a putt, circle's edge. We give you a stack of 10 putters. How many of those putters are going to go in? All right. We literally asked her simply from circle's edge. That means usually no jump putting. That's just standstill. And we're talking like no wind, level surface. Okay. That's typically how we explain it. So what does she answer, Missy? I think she's going to be a little hard on herself. I do think that she's admittedly um, said that she struggles with her putting. So... I guess I know a lot about Lauren. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to say she's going to say like five out of ten. And okay. for this one, you can also say the same answer. since That's true. You yes, know what I mean? You can so say you the can same say, answer. Like, Adam, Adam, yeah, no, no. Adam, <laughs> one, two, Adam, three, could, say, Adam could say five, and if it's five, they would both get a point. So for this question, you can do it like that. All right, so we're going the same direction. We're going to go back this oh, way now. So now Adam, Connor, All right, me. Adam's up. Uh, five. <laughs> I'm taking a nice read off Missy. Um, we'll go six there. All right. He said six. His microphone kind of got a little distorted there, but he said six. Uh, we're going to Nick. I'm going to go off the uh, latest NT winner because obviously he's a smart guy. So I'm going to go six as well. <laughs> I have a big head, right? So. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go. She said she took last year off. I'll go seven because it's my favorite number. I am going five as well. I'm gonna go six. Uh, uh, Jeff Corn, <laughs> six, six, six putts. I'm gonna lowball it again. I'm gonna go with four. Four. Rude. Yeah. Maybe that guy, huh? I got six my guns. I'm gonna do something I've never done on the Nick and Matt show before. I'm gonna let anybody who wants to change their answer do it after they've heard everybody's. Anybody want to change it? Feel good? Four. Hey. Oh, Adam goes to four. Okay. Let's uh, go ahead and pull up the answer. Here it comes. Seven. Yes! Oh! Pretty confident there with the seven, and that's not bad. We are not a competitor. I love, I don't know if you can, yo, you can see her face. Yeah, I say seven, that's not bad. Look at that. She's like, yeah, it's not. <laughs> not too bad. Okay, so um, who's got the points now? Hannah has one? Hannah Missy. Missy has one. All right. See you later, boys. See you later. All right, here we go. Question number whatever this is. I think it's three. Here we go. What would you say, this is not a question, Nick, for the game. This is more to get to know her a little bit better. Your favorite weather condition to play in. If you had to pick the perfect day, what, is it, what does it look like? Um, close to this, I guess, like mid-60s, overcast, not much wind. <laughs> okay, perfect. So I'm setting you up because where we're going with this is you have to play in a tournament round 
least favorable weather. We're gonna give you three options to choose from. They're all gonna be bad, but yeah. we wanna know what you choose. So you can either have really windy, and I'm talking probably in that 25 to 30, maybe plus, but it's consistent wind. Really rainy and significant to where it's hard to stay dry. You know those rounds. <laughs> or snowing with a couple inches of snow on the ground. All right, you got to pick one of those, your least favorite. Well, it doesn't have to be your least favorite. The one you would choose out of those three. Okay, to set this up just a little more, I asked that question very poorly to her. And so the answer you're going to hear initially is what she's going to say is like her least favorite. Like, that's the one I don't want to play in. But then she's going to follow it up with her answer. So just sit tight. Um, she's, she's going to answer the one that she would choose to play in out of those three poor choices, rain, snow, or wind. Which one? Do, I'm interested in what you guys choose, but we'll wait. We'll save that for we'll save that for another time. Uh, what do you pick, uh, Connor? Is that you first? Start or is it Adam? Doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say she's gonna choose rain as her most favorable of the three. Out of the three, rain. Okay. What do you do? Wind, snow, and rain. Yeah. Which one does she choose as her like option to play in? I wind. Interesting, Nick. What do you have to say about that? You hate the wind. <laughs> I absolutely hate <laughs> okay, Missy. Uh, man, I was going to say, because she said she's from Minnesota, that maybe she would tolerate the snow, but she's also been on tour for a while, so probably not anymore. But mm, snow, I'm, snow's fun. I know it's not fun. It's sometimes fun. If there's enough alcohol involved. Somewhere. Missy, you know so <laughs> much about her. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Sorry, kids. I mean, it's not wrong. Missy, you want to do a podcast with me? Maybe. You know so much about women's school. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, I'm just going to go with snow. I know it's probably not right, but I'm going to go oh, with snow. If it's not right. No, I'm kidding. I don't she, sticking with snow. Have you okay. ever played disc golf in three feet of snow? I've played disc golf in an, an ice storm before. <laughs> he asks in Massachusetts. You, you lose every disc. I right, know. Probably rain. Yeah. If I'm wrong, if it's snow, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> You'll have to remember what you chose. Ezra, give him the microphone. Look at him out here. How deep was the snow? I said, I think I said a few inches, like as in two to three, and it's two still to, snowing. And I said, and it's still snowing. Are we talking about flowies or like, you know, is it a, is it a blizzard? <laughs> okay. There's two to three inches and it's still snowing. Wind. But, okay. Wind is what she chooses. Uh, Jeff Corns here for Nick Carl. <laughs> Just checking in. Uh, I'm going to go with wind. <laughs> You know what? No one's taking snow. I know Missy talked about it, but I think snow being uh, that northern <laughs> northern life. I'm going to go with wind because she throws really far. I'm going to go with wind because for some odd reason, people say they like playing in the wind, and I think it's the most mind-blowing thing in the world because <laughs> the wind is my least favorite thing to play in, but I'm going to go wind. All right. I think it's so funny. Nick's the odd man out. Everyone likes the wind over snow or rain, except for Nick. All right, here we go. It Let's could, see. It could be pouring and I'd be Remember, she answers the one that she says is the worst, mm -hmm. and then she's going to say, here's the one I would choose. All right, here we go. I think rain. Rain would be the worst. I have trouble just getting my grip on wet discs. Okay, so let's clarify. Rain is what you would choose out of those three? To play in? Yes, out of those oh, three, geez, four no, ones. Oh, jeez, wind. Wind. Oh, I'd rather play cool. in wind. Okay. <laughs> All right, she did answer Take that wind. You don't know her that much. <laughs> wind being her favorite out of those three. Rain being her least favorite, we now know. All right, uh, so let's go ahead and... Does anybody in here choose to play in the rain out of those three? Yeah. Jeff, Nick, Missy, Connor. 
Yeah, exactly. Are yeah. the other? I'm gonna bring your, a birdie bag. I'm gonna keep my hand yeah, as dry as it I can got be. Whale sex. Guess what? Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna wear. I'm gonna wear rain pants and a rain jacket, Look. and then I'm gonna wear a rain fly in my bag. But in the wind, yeah. it just sucks. Also, I have a full time caddy. It makes my life way yes. easier. Yes, must be That's freaking nice. You have a caddy when it's raining. It's probably better than like GBO type winds. Interesting. Do you guys remember Vegas? Uh, was it last year or the year before where it just started snowing? Oh, yeah. Was, that was like five years ago or something. Whoa. All right. Oh, don't. <laughs> I'm young and hip. Chill. Paul's like not relevant. It was snowing? Okay. It was like, was it? No. <laughs> All right. So let's continue. What's the score now? Who has points? Anybody have more than one? I got one. Hannah has two. She's leading the pack. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, are we up to question four, I think? Here we go. So now that Hannah has two points, she's not allowed to answer this one, so we can all catch up. <laughs> all right, here we go. I, I believe this is question four. Here we go. You just played Maple Hill. This is not your first time? No. Okay. Um, this is a new question for the show. Let's try it out here. Hole one can be a water carry, depending on how you throw, but it is water. Yep. Hole eight is a water carry, and hole 14 is a water carry. Out of those three holes, one, eight, and 14, which is your favorite? All right. Which is her favorite out of those three Maple Hill holes? All of you are familiar with Maple Hill at this point, at least once. Uh, which hole does she pick as her favorite out of those three water holes? All right. Uh, whoever wants to start. Hole one. It's easy. That was Paul McBeth, and he said. <laughs> Paul said hole one. Uh, I'm going to go with hole eight. Because the eight holes represent. Who's up? I'll go fourteen. I'll okay. be. I'll, I'll say fourteen. She she seems like she likes to rip on the disc and throw it hard. So I'm gonna say one as well. I'm gonna go with hole fourteen. Um, I think that's my favorite hole in all of disc golf. So. Wow. Now they play a different C pad, but it's still okay to pick still, fourteen. Still fourteen. <laughs> All right, 14, Missy. Yeah, I'm going to go one. I see her throwing that full flex shot. I think she, she'd bomb it. I'm going to say eight. <laughs> Jeff Corns. Uh, I'm going to go with hole one. Hole one. All right, let's not delay. Let's see what she answers. Come on, baby. Here we go. Roll the dice. 14 is the, the hyzer over the water. Which one's hole eight? Hole eight's like the... Just gallery. straight water, yeah. Oh, got a five on that one today, so I don't really care for that right now. Uh, 14. Let's go. All right, hole 14. <laughs> Based off of How easy was that, Paul? How easy was that? All right. <laughs> You're getting skunked? <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, that's right. She didn't even mention it. All right, give her the microphone. Okay. I hope I get to play with Lauren, and when we get to hole eight, I'm just going to give her a dirty look and be like, come on, man, this is whole sick. Let's go. All right. Um, so just really quick to our, our, our millions of viewers watching live right now, Matt Graham has one of the most incredible wives in the world. Hold on. And... She just brought down cookies for everyone. Reese's Pieces hey, cookies. <laughs> they didn't make it over here. Jeff oh, there they are. They're on camera. They didn't make it over to me yet. They probably won't. That's okay. <laughs> they won't. You can have mine. I'm, glu I'm gluten-free. So you can have She's mine. not that amazing. <laughs> Had she known, she would have done it gluten-free. To, well, any, to anyone no. in the chat, are you three for three so far in questions? We want to know. 
Oh man, this cookie is so soft and melty. Okay, here we go. We're going. Does anybody tie up with that? Two points in here. Hannah, hey, Connor, how many points do you have? And Adam. Okay, Hannah, Nick, and Adam, two points. Yeah. All right, here we go. Question. Connor, that's when you say it back. Nick, how many NT points do you have? And I would have been like, ooh. Okay, we've got two more questions, I believe. All right, here we go. Question, I think this is number four or five. I don't remember. Here we go. If you were to get a disc golf tattoo, and I'm assuming you don't have any disc golf tattoos. Oh, oh, okay, don't look. Okay, we didn't see that. I saw that. But we're going to ask this question. That's pretty, this is the first time that's ever happened in all the interviews we've done. If you were to get a disc, another disc golf tattoo, or, okay, let's, just, let's go that way. If you're going to get another disc golf tattoo, are you going to get a single basket, okay? Are you going to get Tasmanian Devil 360 Drive? Are you going to get a, what we're going to call a doink putt, okay? A putter hitting the front rim, or are you going to get a disc golf phrase, something like grip it and rip it or death putt? All right. Those are her options. You may have glanced and saw on her arm. She already had a disc golf tattoo. She may choose the same. She may not. What do you choose? Who's up first? I'll go ahead. Um, I'm going to go with a doink putt. Oh, sorry. We were, we, me, Ezra, and Paul were deciding where we would put death putt on our body, and I think we all agreed our fingers. Anyways. <laughs> what about, about grip this? it and rip it? We've had a guest um, say on I the throat. I would get that. get <laughs> it. Okay. Um, we're all getting that tattooed later. So, um... <laughs> If you lose the game, you get the tattoo. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, shoot. Well, I guess this Charity has a singular basket, but I would say a phrase because she's probably just gonna give a funny answer because she started laughing. Also, death pot would be a sick tattoo. <laughs> I really want to see the Tasmanian devil, so that's what I'm going with. Paul's going on for with that. Uh, definitely going to be a disc golf phrase. <laughs> disc golf phrase for 200. And then we're going to give bonus points if you can choose the disc golf phrase. So it is that. So no, that's the no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not saying if it's. No, I'm just throwing you off. If, Are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, now they're trying to read me. Now I'm worried. They're trying to read me. Wait a minute. Yeah, no. Mm. Don't listen to what I just said. Um. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Tasmanian Devil. Maybe it'll be a Tasmanian Murphy, her dog. Yes. I do. <laughs> I hope that's right. Actually. Um, <laughs> probably a disco phrase. Yeah, that's the toughest one yet. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go phrase. I feel like it's a safe herd call right here. Nice. Yeah. If it's the phrase, what is the phrase? Send it. <laughs> Send it. Perfect. I think, I think I said this, but everyone was talking. We did have a judge that disc golfer at one point say, grip it and rip it, and I would put it across my throat. And I'm like, oh, wow. wow, okay. <laughs> really weird. Yeah, it was an interesting moment. Okay, uh, let's see what her answer is here. Uh, how does this play out? Here we go. The Tasmanian devil doing a three. Yes. Oh. Perfect. Yeah. I, I don't know. We might have stumped some people with that one. Now, real quick for our, our viewers, do you mind showing your tattoo? That is. Uh, do you want to explain that to us? Just the thought um, process? 
So this is actually like a Ohana Hawaiian shaka sign, and it's one of my sponsors, uh, Legacy Ohana. So a bunch of people actually on my team have different forms of it. So. Very neat. And I noticed the disc is going in, and it's not doinking. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. So do we we have Missy and Paul? So Missy, are you in the lead? Uh, no, I have two. Right. So that's, that's two. I thought you switched, so I switched because I was gonna go. So we have a, oh. a now a four-way tie for. We have a couple people. Yeah, we've got a tie for hey. first. <laughs> let's do this. Let's do this. I know it's not gonna seem fair, but I'm already gonna give a tiebreaker before the last yeah. question, just in case, because I think the answer comes up in the next question. Uh, what's the name of her dog? Now, <laughs> Missy already said a name, but I'm not saying yes or no if it's right. All right. She said I hope it's Wait. right. Oh yeah. Can I correct? Maybe you can, potentially. You can change, but do you want to go first or have the others go? No, yeah, they should. <laughs> they should go first. They should go first. So whoever's tied right now, whoever's tied right now, we're trying to do a tiebreaker before we get there in case we need it. So what's the name of her dog? Murphy. <laughs> Murphy. Okay. Adam says Murphy. Anybody else? We go with a wild guess of Murphy. <laughs> I as well. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> And then watch uh, this. Missy changes. I'm, I'm going to say Murphy because right when Adam said it, Missy was sitting there like, damn it. So I'm going to go with Murphy. So I'm going to say Murphy as well. But I'm going to also say that maybe she refers to him as Murph. Just to throw it out there. All right. Well, OK, that would that could be. That's not you don't get additional points for knowing nicknames. OK, we asked. I basically gave you all the answers. So I still win. So here's the deal. She would have to get the nod or else the tiebreaker was pointless. OK, right. let's, let's figure it out. Here. Uh, that will come up, but I think we have one more question here. Maybe we don't need to break the tie. Here we go. How many aces do you have? Okay, we simply asked her, how many aces does she have? That's as simple as we could put it. Um, what do you think? Who wants to start? What was that? How many aces does she have? She played for 10 years. Played for 10 years. She can throw 380 feet. I'm going to go with six. Six aces. I'm going to go five. I'm going to say eight. I'm going to say 14. <laughs> I'm going to say 16. I'm going to say three. Does she only count 17. I'm going to... Whoa, chill. <laughs> I'm going to say eight. Do any of you guys know how many aces you have? <laughs> nope. Yeah. I think I only have. Probably north four. of. I have like ten this year. <laughs> I think I can look on UDISC, but I'm pretty sure I logged all of them. I think I have like thirteen or fourteen. Really? Well, I have Connor two. I have two logged on UDISC. Well, I, I think. Nicole, how many national tour points do you have? <laughs> um, I've actually never played a national tour, so. <laughs> you got to give him the mic. Have you aced every single hole at Huntington Beach? No. Need a mic. I think I have 14 of the 18 aces at my home course. <clears throat> all right, Paul's thinking no through. In the area. No, I'm just oh, They're just all under. How many Disc Golf Valley aces do you guys have? <laughs> I have two. I don't like that game. Oh, zero. Hot <laughs> take. Okay. Did we get all the answers in? Nick, you so. didn't answer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you 12. said 12. Oh, all right. Let's get this one in because sure. did, um, Hannah and someone else said. we Yeah, eight. Hannah and I said eight. Eight. So 
you guys were already tied? Yeah. So this if is like this the is the same. Is when they were going to both die. Like that? Well, it'll come down to the tiebreaker. We'll see if that has to happen. <laughs> all right. Here this we go. Games yeah. moment. Here we go. Let's see how it plays out for. Let's see how it all plays out. One peer, two peers. Ghost. Gage. Off the tree. Um, rival. Another ghost in Nebraska. Another rival. Another rival. Sidon. That's a good one. My D3 is my first one. I think that was eight. I think I. I'm gonna go with eight. <laughs> All right. Eight, that is actually eight. so that impressive. Is good. And you've been playing for 10 years. You're almost averaging one a year. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. All right. Great to meet you. Are there any shout outs you want to do? Nine. Nine? <laughs> that uphill zone shot. <laughs> okay. So listen, this is happening mid game. If 10. any of you answered nine, I'm going to give it to you. That's pretty spectacular. All right. Good to meet you. Are there any shout outs you want to do before we let you go? Uh, just to my dog, Cooper. That was oh, a question right. where you had to have the exact answer. Look so sorry, you don't get any points. 16 year old, long hair chihuahua just walked Maple Hill, right? Yes, sir. Awesome. Good to meet you. What they call have it a good day. Too, Cooper. Oh, crap. Really screwed us all on that one, Missy. Jeez. Why did I think it was Last Murphy? time I tried to read you. Cooper and Murphy aren't that far off, but okay. So <laughs> Matt, I'm not gonna lie, they are very far off. <laughs> okay, listen. Um, they we don't did even have, have the some same... eights. Did anybody say nine? Okay, the eights get it, so that's a tie, right? Yeah. Yes. Dang it, the tiebreaker didn't work. <laughs> My middle name? Yeah. Oh, Hannah, you know my middle name, right? I don't okay. even know your middle name. All right. Well, actually, I, I'm interested in the chat's answer to this too. What is my middle name? What do I look like? What do I, what do I have for a middle name? You just. Oh, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Josh's brother's here, and he might know the answer. Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> is that your first name? Is actually Matthew. Or? Matthew is my first name. Mm. I don't think this is a fair tiebreaker because I know <laughs> every random. single person in your family. I'll give you my initials. Okay. Nope, 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 nope. Whoa. We're we just going to go until they get it right? No, just give My dad's name is Matthew, and his middle name is Kyle, so I'm going to go with Kyle. <laughs> Wait, why are you in the tiebreaker? Yeah, you yeah you're not in the tiebreaker. <laughs> he just wants, he just wants <laughs> oh, to answer. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, There's got to be a better tiebreaker. Well, Missy has two wins this year, and I have none, so I think she wins. Or Wait, maybe she should guess, just give me guess, this no, one. No, we have to guess. Okay. Your dad's, okay, you go first. Oh, yeah. Well, no, you want to go first? Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> no, Walter. Your middle name is my, Walter. Not Walter. I think we have to give him my middle initial. Okay. It's going to speed it up. Well, let me make Wait, a guess, guess first. You get a guess first. Because that would be amazing if I got it right. <laughs> it would actually be amazing. That would be, that would be incredible if we I'm just looked at you and you. knew. Matthew. <laughs> I need to put. Wait, oh, let me see. I've got yeah, something we can pull up. I'm just gonna go with like John. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> oh wait, I thought you made that face because she got it, and I was like, "Come on!" No, but what are good middle names? Are like John and David and all. That's those, why. Yeah, those I just not, went with John. Yeah, not John or David. Here's my middle initial. Middle initial. Okay, middle initial is R. Let the guesses fly. Richard. No. Roger. No. <laughs> 
Right? <laughs> hey, come on. There might be somebody out there. This is a horrible segment, but keep going. Rodney? <laughs> Not Rodney. All right, second letter. Richard. Oh, wait, you said that. I already said that. Uh, eight. I'm just kidding. Randy. Not Randy. I love Lamb. <laughs> I love Ryan? Lamb. Not Ryan. Robin. Not Robin. Okay, that would have been sick. All right, second letter. Ruben. No. Robert. Robert. Oh, come on. It's not Ruben. Are you sure? Call Missy him. Okay. got it. Robert. She is Check the winner. Certificate quick. She is the winner. Congratulations to Missy Gannon. We hope of everyone course, likes that segment. Me. Okay. Classic. What we're going to do as we uh, get ready to change out the feature seat real quick. Yep. Uh, Nick, you're going to point at people. I think it's going to be Ezra. So let's throw Ezra on the couch, Paul and Hannah. Throw him. We're going to throw him on the feature couch. Just kidding. I'm absolutely not going to try to throw Ezra. He's a lot bigger than me. Kind of intimidated. Yeah. Come on now. Now I got my security guard, Jeff Horns, sitting right next to me. We got me. All right. Whoa. Hello. Didn't mean to do that. We now. Everybody. Everybody has been on the feature seat now. We've got just a change up here. Um, definitely use a microphone if you want to talk, just as we've been doing, because believe it or not, people in the room here, you nobody else does, and it's like silent. No, we don't. All right. There have been questions coming in for the people on the feature. Uh, I guess we'll call it the couch. We got to come up with a name for this couch. Yeah. And, <laughs> nope. Nope. Well, for the first going. time, a world champion is sitting on that couch. True. Five of them. Between those three, can we five world championships. That's sick. Yeah. Let's go, Hannah. <laughs> can we auction this couch up now, Nick, as the Nick and Matt show, like, collectible? Might as well. Okay. We got we to gotta make money with the show somehow. I will sell this. I will sell this following the show to anybody who will come and pick it up at the highest price. I will literally sign it too. My truck's outside. Actually, we'll have Paul. We'll have everybody in this room sign it. It costs hundred dollars for Paul to sign something. We can't afford him anymore. It's gonna have. I just realized it's gonna have to go to a disc golfer though. So I please disc golfers buy it. Okay. <laughs> Other people are like Paul McBeth. <laughs> oh wait, I've seen that guy once before. All right. Let's get to it. Uh, I don't even know what we're going to ask. What are we going to talk about? But as part of this transition, why don't we do this? Just as part of the transition, let's get into stat or fiction. It is another game. Um, and this is a good game to put up. Thank you to Stat Mando. We've rolled it out. We talked about it a little bit earlier. I think they heard Paul Macbeth is coming on the show tonight, and they changed up their list of questions just because of that. They're like, wait, Paul's on. We're gonna change it up. No, you can. You can look, Nick. You can can look. look. Yes. Um, Here we go. Uh, The way this works is, we're gonna have to choose. Was it realistically? Is it a truth or is it false? But they call it stat. It's a stat, or is it fiction? As in, is fake. So they say disclaimer. Anytime MVP open is referenced historically, it includes all past names of the event. So if it was the Vibram open, Maple Hill open, presented by Vibram, or MVP. All of them. Yeah. I don't think so. Marshall no. Street. We're well, not did, gonna, you, did you ever play in an MSDGC? No. No, so we have, we're not going to talk about those. Then. No, we're not referencing MSDGC specifically. Okay, so here we go. Question one. 
Um, Paul Macbeth, or they say question, but it's a, tr- a stat or stat a or fiction. Okay. Paul Macbeth is a three-time MVP Open winner, and Paige Pierce is a six-time MVP Open winner. The outright most at this event in their respective divisions since it became an NT in 2008. Is that a stat or fiction? And let's have Paul answer this last. <laughs> so we'll start with the two on the feature couch, and then I'll send my microphone down to these guys, sure. and Paul will answer. <clears throat> so Paul McBeth, Paul three time? If he actually knows what it is, but... Page six time. It's the outright most in their respective divisions for each person since it became an NT. All right, Hannah, what do you got? I'm going to say that's false. So fiction. And should I say why? Nope. Sure. I kind of want to brag that I know stuff. But you, yeah. Yeah, you can sway the room or not. <laughs> um, no, I don't want to give it away. Okay. Ezra to- so Ezra's up. I'm going to say stat. Okay, Ezra says stat. Well, I know my side is stat. Paige's side. Um, I'm gonna have to go with stat. I'm gonna have to get. I'm gonna have to say she's won it six times. But no, <laughs> no. I I think I think it's I think it's fiction. I don't think she's won it six times because that's a lot. That's yet, a lot. yet she All hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Connor? I feel like Paul's being correct as a setup for it to be fiction as well. Jeff, you can leave that mic over there. I didn't know that. I'm going to say that it's fiction as well. I think Paul's a three-time, but I think Paige is a five-time, I think. So fiction. I don't have any insider information here. So what? I know. I feel like I know Lauren better than Paige sometimes. <laughs> um, she has literally <laughs> That's what you're gonna say right now. I'm, I'm joking, but uh, I'm gonna go stat. I feel like she has won that many times. I got distracted with the cookies, so I missed the question. <laughs> oh boy! Paige is a three-time MVP Open champ. Oh boy! Paige is a six-time MVP Open champ, which would be the most in their respective divisions. Is that true or false? Not on camera. Not on camera. That's probably true. All right. Cool. <laughs> So Adam said stat, and me, I'm going to say stat as well, just because I hope I'm right. <laughs> just, I don't know. Just because I hope That's I'm my right. reason, too. <laughs> I, I don't know the answer here, but for the sake of timing and everyone applauds, Matt's not going to answer. Here we go. Uh, let's see what answer number one here to this stat or fiction. It is a stat. Oh, Let's go. Paul doesn't even know know his own stats. Here's Hannah the over there thinking she Paul's knows all the stats. Was, here's the number. Paul's only one twice. Yeah. But you Hold say, on. Didn't you say fiction? I'm listening, Matt. Yeah, well, that's why. Here's how it plays out. They're so nice to give us the years. Macbeth, 2013, 19, 20. Is that correct? (laughs) They've been wrong with your stat before. He keeps telling me I'm going for a three-peat. I'm like, I didn't Oh, three-peat. Okay. And then Paige Pierce, 2014, 15, 16, 17. There was an off year or whatever. She didn't win 18. Then she won 19 and 20. No. Wait, which one did Sarah Holcomb won? I thought Sarah Holcomb won last year. It must have been 18. No, Paige won last year. Oh, Paige and Paul won last year. They jumped in the pond. Yeah, Yeah, they yelled Discraft. It was nice. She literally yelled, are you ready to go jump in the pond, Paul? Hey, give him the microphone. 14, 15, 16, 17, 19, 20. One year, I think I jumped in with Val, right? That would be 2013. 13, okay. When you shot a 45. that would have been 13. 13, okay. Yeah. Okay, that was a good question there. Oh, no, now I feel dumb. No, I feel dumb. 
Don't feel dumb. All right, question number two, or stat or fiction number two. The top three most cash earned in MPO at the MVP Open are Paul McBeth, Ricky Wysocki, and Paul Uliberry. Again, since 2008, the top three most cash earned at the MVP in MPO specifically. Paul McBeth, Ricky, Paul Uliberry. Is that stat or fiction? Go Hannah, Paul, Ezra, and then I'll toss it down my way. No. I literally don't know. Are those um, the right names? Stat or fiction? Yes or no? Who else won the event? Live or die. <laughs> we need to pull up the heartbeat music again. Stop. Well, the first time I watched the event, it was like Ricky almost won, and then it rolled out. He got Wysocki we so on 18. Sad. And then the next year, like... He did it again, and it had rolled, but then it stayed in. We were like, oh, my gosh. And then I just started dating Paul, and I stopped paying attention a lot. Um, I'm just going to say fact. Stat. Stat. Because I'm good at this game. It's I'm going to go with called. fiction because I think Kale should be up there. But I don't know, because he's won it twice, but I don't know if he's showed up to all of them like Yuli probably has. So I'm going to stick with fiction on this one. I'm going to also go with fiction. I'm going to go with fiction because I was literally just thinking, I feel like Kale has to be up in that upper echelon of cash. I believe in you, Yuli, if you're watching. I'm also on the board of fiction as well. Gosh, I think I'm going to go fiction as well. I'm going to go fiction. I think uh, James Conrad. I don't know how many top five, top tens he's had, but I know he's won the tournament. So I think he... Anyway, what about Big Germ? Kale? I don't know. I'll be the caboose on the on the fiction train. Okay. So we have one stat. I mean, Hannah. Yeah. Hannah said stat. Let's see how this plays out. Wait, isn't that a Yuli thing? <laughs> on accent. Here we go. It is fiction. Yo. <clears throat> Okay, oh, for fun. No, Nick saw it. Nick saw it. Nick saw it. This is a bonus point. Then who is it? Who is okay? I'll give you the first top two. Paul, Ricky. Who are who is the third? That one is really interesting. Just random. Anybody? Is it Brinster? It's not Brinster. Is it Simon? Not Simon. Why'd you say it like that? Bradley Williams. Not Bradley. Oh, that's a good pick though. Kale. Kale's a good pick. Oh gosh, Germ. I don't know. Not Germ. Oh, it could be a woman. I can't even think of somebody. Um, oh, is it DOS? Uh, not DOS, but this is back to 2008. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know. I want to be, but I want to be right. <laughs> he's on, I'll give a tip. He's on a cover. He's on a cover of one of the DVDs that came out for this event back in the day. Oh. Uh, you guys have ever watched Disc Golf Monthly? Avery Jenkins. Not Avery Jenkins. Avery hasn't played this event probably in let me see. Anybody getting this in the chat? Nobody yet in the chat. Anybody want me to give it out? Or you he want to try to guess? Wait, Jeff didn't... On a footfall. Oh. Jeff didn't get to guess. <laughs> well, you have to have a microphone. All right. Nico LaCastro. Ding, ding, ding. Am I right? It is Nico LaCastro. Good job. All that right. Been good for a really long time and played at an insanely he's high won, level. He's and he's won the event. So here's yeah. the, here's how the cash pays out. I think 2012 or 2011. They didn't give me that, but they gave me the dollars. 
Paul Macbeth. You, you care if we talk about your money one? Here we go. $22,510. That's first place. Ricky Wysocki, $20,656. And Nico, $14,300. Fourth place goes to Paul Uliberry at $12,526. So, Uli. That was. That was fiction. Team captain. All right, final final stat or fiction before we move over to some more discussion with our uh, our feature panel. Terrible at this game. <laughs> You're pretty good at it. All right, question or stat or fiction number three. Oh, we had to bring him up, didn't we? Nate Sexton. He has more PDGA MPO wins all time in the month of September than Paul Macbeth and Eagle McMahon combined. Wow. Month of September. Does he have more wins com- than Paul and Eagle combined in the month of September all time? That's a, wow, that's a stat or fiction for you. <laughs> I don't know who wants to start it. Please but. don't start with me. Who's ready to fiction. tackle it? Ezra said fiction? Fiction. I'll say stat, since I saw a little concern on Paul's face. <laughs> a little concern. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go stat because I don't feel like growing up in Southern California, we had a lot of tournaments in September. I think we only had like one that month. I'm also gonna say stat because I don't feel like growing up in Southern California, Paul McBeth would have had a lot of tournaments going on in September. So Eagles young too. Uh stat. <laughs> going stat. I don't like my choice anymore. I liked Hannah's like and Paul's opinion together as one. You know, right. growing up in Southern California. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. That's a really like elaborate yeah. thing. I, I think I'll I think I'll go with stat. I'm really split on this one because being an Oregon disc golfer, there's a lot of tournaments in Oregon, especially like ORDGC, like state championships. Nate Sexton's got three or four of those. He didn't even know when we asked him at Resistance this open how many times he had won at Trojan before. <laughs> um, he literally, we're like, Nate, how many ORDGCs do you have? Like the guys on the interview want like the disc golf network want to know. He's like, I don't know. I've won this a lot. And I'm like, nice. Good for you, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> won really. a lot. So I might go with stat on this one. Cause Nate Sexton's a savage. <laughs> Growing up in Southern, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to go fiction because I feel like I saw a tweet earlier from stat Mando talking about Calvin Heimberg kicking some ass in the month of September. So I feel like no, Calvin Heimberg has zero wins. It was something oh, it was yeah, zero? It was the opposite. Oh, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, in. growing up in Southern California, I really don't feel like Paul McBeth played too many events. So I'm going to go with that being a stat. I don't know why. Yeah. Cause that's a Florida thing too. I don't think yeah. September is a good month for it. Okay. Well, let's find out what the answer is. Uh, drum roll. Here Clearly we go. my reading skills are very bad. <laughs> it is a stat. Oh. So, Paul, you said would, stat. Yeah, I would guess. I would guess Eagle and I maybe have thirteen combined. Would be my. That guess. was close. That's a good pick. That was. How many 14. do you think you have? Huh? How many? Do you fourteen think you is have? the answer. Uh, I probably yeah. I probably barely have. It's probably close to fifty fifty. I probably only have like seven to nine. Yeah. Nine. Well, fourteen is the answer there. So yeah. nine for you, Paul. And sex has probably got like twenty two or something. And five for Eagle. And well, let's do that really quick. How many do you think do you think Sexton has? <laughs> just how many do you think? How many do you think he has? Well, I said twenty-two. Yeah. And he asked that, so it's not twenty-two. Well, it's, we're married, so it's yours is mine. So that's 18. my answer. Here we go. That's wrong. It's okay. I'm gonna say twenty-six. <laughs> now we're just it's guessing. lower. Eighteen. <laughs> Seventeen. Seventeen. Oh, that's close. Come on, just look at the monitor and help. Eighteen. Yeah. 
Nineteen. Nope. This is a fun game now, Nick. 15? Everyone's just randomly guessing. Sixteen. Sixteen. I knew it. Sixteen. Sixteen. Only took twenty we guesses. <laughs> All right, sixteen was the correct answer. Yo, is Brian Schweberger in the chat? possible we've had some notables in here let's go schwebby yeah schwebby congrats on being the second person to hit 300 yeah can Um, we talk about the 300 plus wins that schwebby has that's that's really what's all right so i think matt your question you need to ask stat mando is how many wins does schwebby have in the month of september compared to those three golfers (laughs) yeah how many more combined how many more combined eagle sexton and paul combined does Schwebby have more in the month of September? Honestly, Evan would figure I'm saying okay. he's. I'm, I'm guessing that he's might be doubled. All right. Uh, we should give the chat a little bit of love here tonight. Uh, someone Hello, said chat. they want to see Matt. Please, Matt, arm wrestle Paul and Ezra. <laughs> no. That was like when we were getting on. I just want everyone to know Ezra just backed out of that so quick. I'm just kidding. I don't want to lose. Um. Yeah, that happens. Uh, da, 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 da. I haven't eaten Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, the chat's going wild right now. I'm trying to see anything here. Um, guys, send me your questions. I'll ask them. Okay. Uh, getting into a little bit more meat of the topic here because you guys are sitting there right now. Um, just this is an icebreaker for the panel over here. What's the most interesting thing you've ever autographed? Because you've autographed each of you have autographed something. I'll go last. Okay. Most interesting thing. It. Maybe it's a disc, but I don't know. What do you got? Um, I am Worlds. I met a bunch of fans. We went down to Orlando. And if you guys haven't played Am Worlds, it's super fun. Um, and when I was standing near Paige and Paul's signing, a woman came up to me and was like, Hannah, I need your help with something. And I was like, okay, I love her energy, so I'm going to go along with it. And we went out to the hallway, and she unveiled two portraits, um, or two, like, pictures me and a fan and then paul and a fan and she was like it's his birthday i took these off of his wall before we left for the plane to get here um and he doesn't know that i have these and i want to sign them and hang them back up before he notices and so if you could like write like happy birthday and i think his name was like tag or something like that and if you could get paul to do it now obviously i said yes because it was very sneaky and i really wanted to be a part of that But that was super interesting because I had to, so I like engaged in this conversation with this person to distract him and keep him facing one way while Paul was like signing the picture and like stuffing it back into a bag. And then turned out that uh, we signed the wrong side. So we had to flip it over and do it again. And um, that's probably the most interesting thing. I don't really sign weird stuff. So I don't really sign weird stuff. It was a really sweet moment. It was a sweet moment. Ezra, I'll go, I'll go. Paul said last. All right. Um, like I said before, I'm going to say a can of beans, I think. It's probably the probably the, <laughs> the, the wildest thing. Tony Mendoza, let's go. <laughs> so I get asked this question a lot, like what's the weirdest thing you've ever signed or most interesting? And it's always the same. I've signed a couple prosthetic legs, and it, I don't think that's going to get beaten. <laughs> because it what is, would beat that? That's got I, me curious. Like, what would be a couple that? weird things, but the pro- signing prosthetics is kind of weird. <laughs> Did you guys see, uh, I think it was at, like, a Simon and Eagle signing the other day. Someone came in and had them sign their arms. Oh, and then tattooed it. And then it. they tattooed mm-hmm. it. Oh. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. That's would you guys feel comfortable doing that for somebody if they wanted it? Like, Ezra, well, right now, if I asked you for... My signal's so it? bad, I don't, I don't think they'd, wa- they'd want that. It's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> I've, had, that? I've had someone... Yeah, no. I've had it's someone different. take it's a picture. It's... 
It's different every time. It's, hold on. Pa- you should pa- probably work on that. Your name is literally on a disc. <laughs> All right. Paul said he had someone take a picture of uh, of me and then tattoo it on their arm. Before. Really? Yeah. So. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable about that. Yeah, by the way, it's on Hannah's shoulder. It wasn't me. And then did they take a picture and send it to you, like to show you what well, it looked I, like? I knew him, so he showed oh. me it. And then, wow. Yeah. All right, I got a, I got a two-part question. Since we're all playing this tournament called the MVP Open, two big changes have happened this year. So what do you guys think about the two changes, whether it's from HT pads? for This is talking MPO right now. I don't know how many changes you guys have. Okay, so for the MPO side... 8's T-pad was pushed back, and 17's T-pad was pushed back. So first off, how do you like the changes? And then second off, what's your favorite hole on the course overall? You guys haven't seen that, huh? No, you guys well, you just got here. And right? then just really quick, the follow-up to why you do or don't, don't like it. Because if you don't like it, maybe yeah. talk in general. Because some people haven't been to Maple Hill. Well, I guess you can and just so leave that to us three, because they've never seen sure. the holes. And we'll leave it to played. the panel. Here we go. Go ahead, Paul and Ezra and Hannah. So I liked eight. I liked eight where it was before because of the ace run. Um, but I think they pushed the basket back, which is which is better for where they just moved the pad. Uh, but I like the old original eight, the shorter one, uh, just because it was you know you had the eight holes there, you had that excitement of a possible ace, and it's very popular. It gets on Sports Center almost every time it gets aced. Uh, and then seventeen, I think, is too fresh. I think. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, a lot of weirdness. I think a lot of people are going to be stuck in the trees and not be too happy about it, but I think it made that whole... It's going to have a little bit more stroke separation this year, so I've only played it once. I don't know if I love it yet, but uh, it is definitely a different shot than, than previous years. Uh, yeah, I'm going to start with 17. I definitely think 17 is a positive change. Um, just I think it was kind of a soft Paul Fall last season. And so having to throw a lot more distance past the trees out the gap this year is going to create a little bit more scoring separation, I think. Um, and then hole eight, I like as well. I don't love the drop zone being just behind the basket as a putt. I think if you go into the water, you should still have to, you should advance just a little bit, still have to go over the water for your second shot. Um, but that is, that's just, that's just what I would say. I, agree. I like the basket change, but I love it last year to where if you missed it on the gold tee pad, yep. you had to go to the white tee pad. If you miss it from the white tee pad, you had to go to the red tee pad. And I cost that was, me a lot of strokes, but I think yeah. that's the way it should be. So Agreed. I will just say just for a conversation sake to stir it up a little bit more, like from a fan's perspective, the eight holes will still be there, of course. Yeah. Um, but from a fan's perspective, I feel like the show, and I know that's only part of disc golf and golf in general, the show is going to be fun to watch. Is this player going to sink it? Cause everybody is anybody going to lay up from the drop zone on hole eight. If you have to use it, would anybody do that? That's the insane so. wind. I haven't been there yet though. Okay, so it's yeah, I it, looked at the if putt. you miss the putt, you're probably going in the water. It's it pretty much unless you like hit you can, the basket. I feel like you can lob it though. Those, yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like there's kind of a safe bed. They move I, the basket up. Yeah, I substantially. think you need to be close to the water for it to be like a. Yeah. It would be it would be questionable. But yeah, the point yeah. is, I think the show element. How much do you guys care that you're putting on a show as well? Because I think that element gets increased a little bit as opposed to throwing again from yeah. the white. Now. The show could be that the score is so close and it doesn't matter. Like it could be something different, making it exciting. But generally, do you feel, do you have any feelings about creating a course purely for the optics for the fans or at least a whole here? Wait, and there? I didn't get to answer the original Go ahead, question. Hannah. Thank you. Um, so I like the changes for the women. They elongated a lot of things and made it a little bit harder. And I just, my 
viewpoint is like, yes, this year it will really be for once at Maple Hill. If you have distance, then that will be a huge advantage and you'll find yourself higher up the leaderboard. And if you can only throw 300 feet, then you're going to find yourself lower because there's punishment if you can only throw 300 feet. Um, but that just causes the FPO division to evolve and grow. And I think we need that. So I'm cool with it. I think this will be a growing year and a lot of people will probably be super frustrated, but you come back next year and you're throwing farther because you have to. And I think that's the good thing. So, um, I think talking about whether we should focus on the show aspect of a course is outside of my rating. Um, so I'm going to give the microphone to Paul McBeth. <laughs> Yeah, I guess because we're the only three. Connor didn't play this event last year, so nothing is changed for him. Adam just got into town, so they haven't even played the course yet. And Missy said she hasn't even been out there yet. So, no, I think I think the entertainment side is is one of the most important parts. Uh, So keeping the course exciting, you know, keeping the, you know, like I think hole eight where it was in the short side is you kind of knew there was the possibility of throwing it short, throwing it long, and stroke swings. Right now, that's going to have to play out, but I, it wasn't set up either. Like, I don't know if it's going to be an island or not. You know, there was no rope up. There was no nothing. So it's fairly easy to just throw it long in the basket and take your three. Um, but once it's ready, I guess we'll see. I don't think the T sign showed either. Yeah. Oh, there is a rope yeah. up there. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that'll probably make it more challenging because mm-hmm. you're not, you can't really throw a putter there anymore. Really, a mid, like mid's a, tough. It's almost a fairway now. now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, what I noticed it was like for me just an overstable flick, mm-hmm, you know, on, just a power power on, forehand with a nuke. I was on a fairway, pretty comfortably into it, and with how far it is away from the water, shots shouldn't be coming up short as often. So, yeah, go ahead and add uh, Missy. Missy, yeah, asks I so. if she can add. <laughs> so I just want to add like a fun little tidbit. Um, uh, for hole eight, I think two years ago, I think the women were playing in the morning, so I remember after my round, I went and kind of hung out with the eight holes uh, just to sort of experience like what that was all about. Sorry. Um, and so for, for me coming to see like what they're kind of doing and, and expecting and, you know, what kind of fun they're having behind eights, you know, pin, you know, there, there's like quarter bets going on, like who's going to ace uh, or if is, is somebody going to ace or how many, you know, twos are we going to see or you know i think even one time they were like all right overall are we going to see a two a three a four and a five like on this hole uh so i mean probably from their perspective it might be a little bit like different to have again i haven't seen your changes for hole eight but you know having that excitement of possibly seeing an ace or you know those little side bets that are happening and i don't know they had a lot of fun so that was cool to to be a part of but we'll see i don't know it will be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm not going to recant fully because I want to see how it plays out, but I can see both sides of that conversation. And I will say we might decide that. And generally when it comes to drop zones, I agree that you shouldn't. And this was what Ezra was saying. I agree that you shouldn't be able to just kind of easily save your par. Yeah. I, I think, I think the entertainment value is huge, you know, especially as we get more and more fans coming into the sport. We want to make it entertaining for them to watch and keep watching, tell their friends about it. Um, And I think one of the ways to do that is to make the courses more difficult and more scoring separation and make it tight at the end. And I think if we can make changes that will, you know, kind of do that. I think I think things like having the drop zone still short of the water is going to do that. Sure. Yeah, I think I mean, I'm always I've always been a fan. Like I think USDGC hole 17 is one of the ones I wish 
you just keep reteeing until you get in bounds. I don't like that it has a drop zone now. I feel like, you know, if someone's in that situation, they're struggling, they need to continue to just, you know, get themselves to together suffer. and put it on that island. You know, I don't like that you just kind of... Savage. You just, well, you just missed two. Well, well, what's... Yeah, you should be able to put it on that island. And, and then this one, I feel like that whole hole eight, playing from the short one, you should just have to throw until you put it on the island. Like, yeah. we're all skilled enough to do it, no matter what division. Well, I don't... <laughs> They, they moved you, so I don't know what the, what the issue well, is now. Hold but. on, hold on. Interrupting, uh, Adam. Your your phone is on camera. Just so you know, oh. you almost got it back far enough. <laughs> the chat's like, did anyone just see Adam snap? Wow. <laughs> His sister FaceTimed him. Okay. Okay. I sorry I cut you off, but in transition with that same topic. Go ahead, Hannah. Ask no, with the microphone. Okay, the the, the eight holes, because we're on hole eight talking specifically kind of about that concept. Does something like that make the sport look funny, silly, bad? What It gets really rowdy, and the conversation has been like, does that just kind of look... We see it in sometimes yeah. golf, but go ahead yeah. and elaborate. What do you I, think? I, I think, you know, you just said golf. I think the stadium hole is one of the most famous holes in, in golf because of the atmosphere it creates and just kind of the games that it plays with the players and stuff like that and kind of how they can interact with the fans there. So I think that's, you know, one hole that you hear a lot about because of that crowd and the way that it's set up. And, and I think uh hole eight here could set up to something similar, even though it's, you know, they're more, so, more so by the basket, but um, it could definitely have that kind of crowd atmosphere. Agreed. I love it. I, I do remember people complaining about like all of a sudden they'd be putting on hole 14 14 something like that and they'd be pissed off because all of a sudden a bunch of people started cheering and it's like well i mean if you're out on the course when the lead card's out on the course and you're two or three cards ahead of them like you're gonna hear that the whole round so i mean i don't really see that as a complaining factor i i like it i mean maple hill has always been kind of that place of hole 18 back in the day i remember when i first started watching disc golf live hole 18 was that place where you sat out in the bleachers and you made dollar bets on who was running the green and like even the, the pros were doing it against each other it was awesome like you know a couple of pros would come into the clubhouse they'd sit down front row and be like oh i bet you paul misses this upshot on the green who are they? we want names you know? i'm just kidding <laughs> i remember katrina allen betting with someone about a dollar and an mpo and they actually missed it and so she, she got like five bucks from her friends and i was like dude this golf's awesome i love this <laughs> um i have a question for the group that i've kind of always wanted to ask um, so this doesn't really have to do anything with MVP, but all of you guys have are super connected in all different aspects and clicks of like disc golf, like pro disc golf. But um, we've seen disc golf on national TV and that's really cool. But I think the other thing is that we're seeing celebrities recognize and get into the sport and and like those are your friends that they're like cheering for becoming friends with or like talking about getting excited about like what is that feeling like to either be watched or like sit back and like watch your friends be highlighted in that way is that like super weird to watch your friends like be on espn or to like be a, be on espn um so yeah missy if you want to start um no i mean i think it's awesome i mean it's just it it's almost like I don't even realize sometimes when I, you know, how people perceive me 
after seeing me on whatever, you know, whether it just is YouTube or whatever, it's just like, oh, wow, yeah, it's cool. It, it doesn't feel different to me. It's just like I, I'm just so excited for the sport to have that exposure and, to, you know, see Paige tearing it up on an ESPN highlight or something like that's so cool. And I'm just like so excited where this is going and how awesome it looks to probably people that don't know the sport. And so, like, just to see the production level and, and the value it's bringing, I'm just, like, so pumped. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's awesome as well. Uh, I think, like, every weekend, like, obviously last weekend, Connor had to win, like, you know, just, you know, like, congratulate him and just, like, you know, like, bro, like, you did it. Like, you just won an Elite Series. And just, like, I think every weekend, whoever, like, comes out and, like, has a breakout performance or has done something crazy, all of us touring professional disc golfers should collectively congratulate him and, like, bring him up and, you know, like, explode what they just did just you know kind of like as a group as touring disc golfers we should always you know just be kind of working together to grow the sport instead of being you know super individual all the time into ourselves i think that's really key to you know growing what we want and what the sport needs yeah i feel like uh i feel like a lot of us have like the reason we're here is because we saw the potential in disc golf and saw the growth that was coming and and that uh we could probably have a part in and I think we're just kind of starting to actualize that. So it's pretty cool to see uh, everyone who's been working so hard and, and working like a true athlete to start to be shown like that. James Conrad is one of your really good friends. And when that whole thing happened and he just like went viral, I mean, you're, yeah. that's crazy. Like James is such a low key guy and to know him and to watch like, you know, we've had paces go on like sports center top 10 and like, that's a really cool moment. But like disc golf has been in, like Buffalo Wild Wings and local sports bars and stuff and people are recognizing it but then also for you to have that close connection to James yeah I mean James is just he's he's like so uh detached from the ego which is rare for for someone who's at the top of, of a sport and um I mean honestly that shot was not only like the best shot in disc golf history possibly but maybe in sports history just in terms of the moment and the difficulty of the shot and uh against a dynasty in Paul Macbeth it's just uh, it all adds up it's a solo dynasty <laughs> solo dynasty um right, here's another transitioning topic and just for you guys so you know we don't usually go longer than two hours we're coming down towards the end of this you normally don't have nine guests though, and so. we don't normally have nine guests we're doing pretty good um again i'm i'm checking right now have oh boy 666 Viewers. Hey, so like all right. Okay, they can't hear you, Nick. That's okay. So let's transition to this. And it's some of you are probably going to have some inside scoops because there are rumblings and rumors going around about the NT going away. I'm not asking you to divulge unless you just willingly want to what you know, but I am asking you to give your opinion on the concept of consolidating to one tour, if you will, the pro tour, disc golf pro tour. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say something real quick. I think I think the standards are the biggest thing that separates the two. I think the NT standards are far lower than the base standards of the Pro Tour, and that's kind of that's kind of shown in in the way that the courses are set up, and more so like how the media side disc like they don't have their own media side Pro Tour had to come in and and get the media, and then uh, I think money wise. Um, I wasn't at the Delaware, but I think they had a projected payout and then they added like a thousand dollars. I mean, Connor, you won. Just was, to my, but yeah, first overall head. Oh, my, give my wait, was give yeah, so so it was like three thousand or something. Like yeah, that. I think I won like forty five hundred, but forty five hundred. Yeah. And then that was I mean, that's half of what Idlewild paid out for first. I think they paid out nine thousand or something. 
Um, so it's like, yeah. So we can't hear Jeff. So so he just said the resistance just opened. Uh, was a silver series and put together in eight weeks, and that that paid out. Okay. Yeah. So they had the same. Yeah, he had the same similar projection to Delaware. So, I just think the Pro Tour has a, has a higher standard. So either the NT is gonna have to meet that and kind of put it together, but with the PDJ with as busy as they are already, I don't see them continuing that and kind of just almost handing it over to the Pro Tour or kind of working together a little bit more and giving. The pro tour more uh, priority to to run the NT, but I don't I don't have any inside knowledge on on whether that's happening or not, and I don't know if anyone here does. <laughs> we, they don't have to say yes or no, yeah. but again, your opinion your opinion on that, or you can tell us yes, no. I do know, and I'm going to be the one to leak it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like just along the lines of what Paul is saying, this having standards for us, we, we have a decent amount of variation to our courses, especially as we're still growing and and kind of figuring out which spots work for the, the disc golf pro tour, but. Just to have a course that's going to play the same for every group that plays with the players kind of playing as officials in our game is so important to me as like a competitor. You want an honest and even playing field for everyone that steps out on the course. So I think having the lines painted right and just having all the little things buttoned up is, is huge for us. For sure. So I, I say I see rumblings out there. Someone else is going to give an answer. Oh. Yeah, uh, I think it could potentially be confusing from a fan's perspective as well. Seeing two tools. If you look at golf, you know, they have the PGA tool. And they have subsidiary tools for people to try to qualify onto the the main tool. I think that's something that maybe disc golf could could see in the future as well. But I think having two elite series level tools is kind of uh, kind of confusing. Mm -hmm. And then to add in the third set of it, the majors. Mm, yeah, exactly. you know, it's not the majors aren't really a tour, and those are events that people are going to mm -hmm. go to pretty much because they have to at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, two different tours is not great. And I just want to add, I mean, it's just, it's nice to have, you know, the Disc Golf Pro Tour is on tour with us, right? They're at every event. They even come to events that they're not running. Um, so just to, to feel the atmosphere and know what, what the players are talking about, wanting to know what our feedback is, um, and just giving us so many other avenues to just reach out. Like, I think I know everybody on the Disc Golf Pro Tour, like staff, you know, and I can, I can recognize them. I see them out there. I don't know that I would necessarily know a PDGA member, you know, out at an NT or something. So um, just to have that familiarity and um, that comfortableness to, you know, approach somebody on the Disc Golf Pro Tour and just seeing them all the time, it just helps them learn and it helps us feel more comfortable reaching out. I also just want to add to that as well. Like the Pro Tour organized the Pro Tour Players Group on Facebook, which I think everyone in this room is a part of. Um, and it's just something for the players to provide feedback. It's a way for the Pro Tour to collect like data privately as well. Like they can do anonymous surveys. They can say, hey, what events did you like? Where were their issues on the tour? Like it's just a way for the Pro Tour to collect that information. And that's not something the PDGA is really doing with event feedback and pushing that standard forward as well to improve their events and their tour. I think yeah. the pro tour is really big on, you know, if there's a problem, how can we fix it and make sure that things are run right? Yeah. How things are run, right. We can kind of go back to pro tour events are usually ran very, very well. Most pro tour events that I've ever gone to, I, I leave happy knowing that it was ran. Well, I love Jeff spring. I love Ota rainwater and him are doing with the pro tour and they've elevated it. I appreciate what Steve Dodge has done in the past for the pro tour. But then we can talk about that's how things are supposed to be ran. The PDGA butchered the world championships in multiple ways. 
And I'm not gonna lie, like I'm I'm 100% gonna say that out loud again. Like I called out the tournament director, and then he defriended me on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean, that's just where it was at. I mean, not that I don't care, but um, we just have to have standards. Um, I was actually just reading the chat, and uh, Brian Schweberger said uh, the Iron Hill T pads need some work. Slipping should not be an issue. That should be happening at events, barring like a major flood the day before what T pads going to actually work to that. But if there should be a certain standard of how T pads should be, how baskets should be, I honestly, I don't, I, I know so many disc manufacturers right now are sponsoring these events. So like, let's just use, for example, the MVP open. I don't care for the MVP black holes that are on the course. I like Chainstar pros. I like disc catchers way better than those. I do hope that one day we can kind of get away from the major, man, uh, major sponsors being the manufacturers so that we can have a standard of only these baskets are allowed on the pro tour. These tee pads are allowed on the pro tour and stuff like that. Yeah. That's my, I mean, that's my only knock with Maple Hill is the tee pads are extremely slick and they're all different sizes, mm -hmm. the pavers and yeah, stuff. Some are small, some are large. It's just, yeah. I, saying, I think, I think size is a huge thing. Tee pad wise, just having those standards and then maybe even basket heights. Maybe we have a, a certain height range that like most of the baskets on the course need to be. And, and you're allowed to do a couple elevated ones here and there, but I don't know. So not like Vista, that... where every other hole is an elevated nine. basket. At Vista, nine. Half <laughs> nine are elevated, yeah, half I mean. are not. Yeah. They're not. No. Yeah. They're not the same. What'd height. you say, Ezra? Uh, yeah, I feel like T. I mean, a T pad. You're more elevated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Does anybody have any like closing remarks on that topic in general? You're like, I need to say something. Hannah, it looks like you. Um. I don't have anything uh, worth contributing that hasn't already been said. I'll, I'll I'm just, sorry, I'm not. I'm thinking about it from. Yeah, go ahead, Connor. I'll give one last shout out to Jeff Spring. I think the biggest thing with Jeff is he's uh he's really open to feedback and uh he he really talks to the players and figures out what the players feel about the events and he and he's really proactive about trying to fix those things. So I think that's the biggest thing. Jeff's uh Jeff's gone above and beyond for us and it's been amazing. Yes. So this has been totally awesome. Uh, we're not quite there to wrap it up. One, is there anything? This is a free-for-all, literally a question you want to ask somebody in the room. You're like, now is the time. Like, I got one. <laughs> I'll just say Nick's got one. Simon's gone. Um, Simon's gone. Okay, there's a couple. In the sense of, like, if there was one thing you could change in disc golf right now to better the sport, like, oh what boy. is your opinion on something bettering the sport? And just one sentence. One sentence. Just don't even have to explain everything. Just like, what is one Not thing? everybody has something, but if you have something you'd like to share, yeah. go for it. Yeah. Respect and patience for the growth of the women's game. Oh. Anyone down here want to go quick? Or Party. Uh, okay, people are... I'll one elaborate. Things, one of the things we were talking about last week... Oh, no, oh, no, 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 go ahead. Elaborate. Yeah, you can elaborate. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Well, you said one sentence. That wasn't even a sentence. No, no, no. Well, now I'm saying you can add one more. Oh, okay. One more. Just one more. Uh, just one more I, I just think... um. Christine and I talk about it a lot on our podcast and we talk about the growth of the women's game and we've seen so many women come into the sport lately and I think people just need to chill out. Um, I get the question that I get a lot is like, oh, what can you be doing to grow the women's game? And I'm like, well, I think it's happening and you just, you support it and you just be a part of it whenever someone asks you if it's available to you. And if you have a skill and a quality, like you're charismatic, you like teaching, then go offer to teach women in your area or whatever. But I think um, constantly asking the, the women in, on like tour, what, what are you doing to help grow the women's game? Like, what can we do? I think it's just like, 
the women's game is growing so quickly and the men's side of the sport also was given room to grow quickly. So I think instead of um, criticizing like what they're lacking, I think if we started just also being positive and being thankful about what they have, like so many women have come into the sport in the last two years and are like full-time touring and these women are young, like between like 16 and 21, like that's the future right there, that little pocket. And there's more behind them. And I think so many people get so caught up in like, over the women, you know, the talent level is not really there. And like, oh, the Europeans are so great. And they just have all these criticisms. And sometimes I just wish the energy was like, wow, look, the women can do. And look how far they've come in such a short amount of time. Because five years ago, a field of 20 was a big deal. And now we have fields of 70. So that was just, a, that's just that, it. That, that was a long run on sentence. Thank you. And, Thanks. and on the Nick and Matt show, we've had that conversation yep. where we're like, wow incredible like we liked watching fpo and this is going to sound negative but it's not as much as we did at mpo or more or no, more we it's, have it's turning into that we have tonight two fpo players and just a yes or no question do you feel like it's improving since you've started touring like do you feel like the fpo division is gaining those strides that everyone's talking about i think just in sheer numbers right like we probably only ever had 10 to 12 competitors at one point and now we're seeing you know minimum of 25 we are seeing where we don't even have enough spots sometimes you know or, or yeah. you know i think nowadays i think it's getting better i think we're at least trying to see how much fill how many spots fill before we like limit it to a 30 cap or whatever yeah when the when the story shifts from when when the conversations shift from oh, what are we, you know, how can we get more women to like, well, crap, what are we going to do with all these women? They deserve their own coverage. They deserve their own camera crews. They deserve like a payout that's a certain way and their own course designs. That's a good thing. And I think um, it's, this whole thing isn't to say like, don't stop caring about women's disc golf, but also like maybe just the next time you interview Kona, be like, hey, Kona, isn't this exciting? How many women are in the sport? Instead of being like, so Kona, like what are you doing as a woman to like lead the charge? You know, because it's, there's like a different energy that comes from framing a question a certain way. And if you're an FPO player wanting to play a tournament, September 17th through 19th, <laughs> the battle for Bedford and Bedford, Virginia still Ooh. has nine spots open for FPO and could possibly be more. So mm -hmm. there's FPO spots out okay. there. You're looking at me, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's the same weekend as the oh, match, so the match play. So that's the only thing. Oh, so. yeah. I'm yeah, doing so. that. I chose to go to Bedford, yeah. maybe some <laughs> others, but yeah, there's spots available for MPO and FPO. And, and yeah, like Hannah said, it, it's not necessarily what we're, you know, actively doing outside of the normal, you know, what we do on tour to, you know, run a women's clinic or something like that. I think that even just, you know, you know, I'm very much focused on my career right now. I need to focus as much, as much of my energy to, you know, winning. Um, and I'm, I'm okay saying that. And I think it's just a matter of, I'm always going to probably play with somebody new, especially nowadays. So it's, it's just being myself, being a good person and, you know, still being able to be competitive and just showing that you can be competitive, you can be nice, you can, you know, have a good vibe. Um, and just making that sort of impact and giving advice when I when I can or when I think it's, it's appropriate, um, not during tournament play, but, you know, on the outside. I've had women come up to me and just ask me, like, hey, I'm thinking about coming on tour. Like, what's what's a couple, what are a couple of pieces of advice, um, you know, for me preparing for that? And 
I'll give them that advice and I, I will speak frankly and I will tell them, do it, you know, just, just have confidence and, you know, just know that it's going to be uncomfortable sometimes and just, just be strong and be confident and, and, um, you know, work hard, but, uh, you know, among other things, but anyway, just be a good, just be a good person. (laughs) Just be a good person. (laughs) Well, now that, uh, everyone else has had time to think, (laughs) we'll go back to the original question of what is one thing that you would like to see improve the sport of disc golf? And Ezra is holding a microphone. Do you have an answer? Oh, boy. <laughs> Make it simple. Like, it could be something as simple most as... most of the things I want to see improved are kind of trending upwards. You know, I want to see payouts go up, and that's going up. I want to see disc golf on TV, and that seems like that's going to happen, too. So, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I like the direction we're going, yeah. I guess. Microphone. Basically, just trust the process. Let the sport grow as, it, as, how, it's, as how it's been. And, you know, good things are going to come out of this. And, yeah. I don't think we need to really... Don't necessarily force, force anything. I mean, sports growing so fast that it's just going the right direction. Yeah, I think I think a continual action to the words that they're saying is, is what needs to happen, and and they're proving that right now that they're doing it, and just continue to to grow on what they're what they're doing now. I think is where we need to go, you know. And then as far as us as players, all we can do is play and get better. Connor had something. Um, I mean, if there's one thing, I guess if we just continue to make our live broadcast better, I think that's a great product. To bring the world, and if we can get to the point maybe where we just we show more than the top three cards, or we're starting to get deeper into the field, there's so many good players and so many good stories that just showing the top two or three cards doesn't always give you everything that you can get. We need more cameras. I agree. Yeah, privatized event, privatized venues. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. If you're out there and you would like to, you know, start a disc golf, you know, filming crew or whatever, and you're thinking about it, definitely do it because we're gonna need more and more people in the future. So <laughs> awesome. Okay. Hannah, you got something for this? Well, uh, this is a good stage to say this, but one question that I get all the time is, Hey Hannah, um, I have a girlfriend, wife, significant other, and I really want to get her into disc golf or what can I say to her to keep practicing disc golf or like, how can I encourage her to keep playing disc golf or whatever? And, um, really quick the other day, I got this question for like the 68,000th time. Um, and I finally figured out the perfect answer and why people struggle to get their wives or girlfriends or just like someone new into the sport and like keep them playing. And it's, um, would you want to do something that you weren't good at for four hours? So like maybe instead of playing 18 holes, maybe just play like five (laughs) and just like get her to play or him or whoever it is, um, get them to play like five holes and then when they get good at five holes and they're like, yeah, I know, like keeps, let's keep going, then just keep going. But um, I think I figured, I finally figured out the question to that, the answer to that question. How do I get my significant other to be more into disc golf? And um, so you're welcome. Awesome. <laughs> I I don't know. My wife, we all play disc golf, me, my four boys and Stephanie will get out sometimes, but it's usually taking the boys out and then she'll throw and she'll come back. Hey, I played a little day, so I don't usually get to see her play. She could she could do well with it. All right. Here is the last question to go around table. Um, it is outside of disc golf. What's something you enjoy doing for the fans out there? Um, it'd be fun if we all had to guess what somebody was going to answer, but we're not going to do that. So let's just go around. Uh yeah, I can start. Oh, Nick will start. What do you like to I'll do besides start. disc golf, Nick? And I did it for the first time today in probably three months was I love 
sitting down at the piano and just playing music. And I haven't done that in forever. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. Anybody else? Yeah, let's go around. What do you like to do besides disc golf? Or driving? Except <laughs> Nick Carl couldn't get more attracting. I don't know. More attractive. I don't know. <laughs> he, he plays wow. it well. Wow. Yeah, uh, before we go, we have. Yeah, can you can you go walk over there? Yeah. Probably be able well, to we can't get it on the live stream right now, but you everyone here copyright. can get a private concert right when we're done. So I can't. And a lesson. Just a concert. All right, Jeff, what do you got? Um, the first thing that kind of just comes to mind for me, and I, Paul might say the same thing. We do escape rooms a lot. Um, it's just something that like we're both kind of puzzly people. We like enjoy that, like you know, test of your mind. So we'll go to like an escape room place and like normally people, you know, they'll just do one room and then maybe they'll come back another time and do another room. We'll just go to an escape room place. We'll, like they've got six rooms. We'll do six rooms in a day and we'll just clear that place out of all their rooms and come back in a future year. And hopefully they have new rooms, but we kind of go hard with escape rooms. I have never done an escape room. <laughs> I've done one. Thank you to Paul. And Hannah. <laughs> Woo! Um, but yeah, I, I kind of, I don't know if I want to say this, but, um, <laughs> say it. No, I mean, it's, I do, I was in a rock and blues band and I do like to sing and play a little bit of oh, guitar and instruments. Oh, I know. I, when you said that you inspired me to, to spill the beans, but right. Nick's basement. It's like, yeah, it's like, nice. a, it reminds you of like a little yeah. blues, a little jazz. Yeah. yeah. Little jazz so, I mean, we have a, an acoustic guitar on, on tour with us and you know, every, every now and again, I, I need to pick me up. So I only, I only play rhythm guitar. I don't yeah, know anything okay. special, but yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did this last year. We did two truths and yeah. a lie and that was one of your truths. And I don't think we got it. I don't think we did. No. All right. You, I think you guys guessed that I did all of them. Yeah. All right, Adam, what do you like to do? Uh, off the course, I still, you know, try to stay pretty competitive, whether it's, you know, pool, darts, cornhole, whatever the heck we're playing, you know. Um, but usually I, I grew up in northern Wisconsin, so uh, going to the river fishing, you know, going off in the woods, doing my own thing is something I really like to do. So, yeah. Are you collecting shoes these days, too? Yeah, shoe stores uh, take a little bit of my money, but <laughs> we won't talk about that. <laughs> um. Something that some people might know about me is uh, I really like to cook, so I like cooking food and just uh, sharing that with other people. And when someone else enjoys the food you make, it's something that uh, I, re I really like. Did you enjoy the... my food? Oh, yeah, it was good for sure. <laughs> I so. put him on the spot. <laughs> on camera. <laughs> I smoked that pork butt for nine hours. All right. Yeah, no, I've had I've had a number of people this year tell me that my, my guac is the best they've tasted ever. So, oh, Wow. Yeah, we're having you back over. <laughs> yeah, we're all so hungry again. All right, we're going to Ezra. Um, I, like a week ago, my buddies and I rented an ATV and went on like a muddy pond like path, and that was a lot of fun. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that it was. Were you wearing a cowboy hat? <laughs> we were, Jeff. That, that's what made it fun. The cowboy hats. And Ezra is also goes to Planet Fitness all the time. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my job. This couch is actually, actually, this couch is Team Planet Fitness because hey, we I all have. Once. Yeah, but it was we'll good. Go we'll count it. I'm yeah, we'll go more. more. For sure. I, went, he, I was, I was going to say that, were. Hannah, but that's kind of. Oh, yeah, I saw you that one time. Yeah. I don't know if we said hi. Did I wave to you? Yeah. Okay, cool. cool. <laughs> I would have said that. That's, that's not like a long thing. <laughs> All right. Well. People would be like, oh, that's, that's cool. Right. Out. I really wonder how this comes across in someone's listening experience, oh, like driving the car. It's probably pretty cool. I don't know. Let's go. <laughs> that was, that was cool. 
No, but it's no. Your turn. Paul wants to be last for some reason. No, I, I, oh, I don't yeah. care. No, All right, here no, we go. I like, like a. Like, uh, clean. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can all relate to that. For sure, right? <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, you Paul's relatable. That's cool. To say something none of us can say. So just say it. No, I, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I like. I like using my mind a lot. Um, I feel like disc golf is just all active, and I, I kind of shut it off when I'm playing disc golf. So, the escape rooms are a lot of fun, and, and I don't know. I just, I just like um, dabbling in some business ideas and things like. That's that's a lot of fun. Um, and, and doing things. Also, like that. when he's driving his McLaren, I'm yeah. just gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> or his um, charger. <laughs> business ideas, cool. I do. Uh, I garden, which is pretty cool, but something I haven't been able to do since we've been on tour, which is sad. And then I also um, do a lot of nerdy things. Like I keep up with a lot of streamers, the video games, and I play Pokemon Go pretty regularly. Um, and then other than that, I just grind. You know what I mean? I work so hard. <laughs> Actually, all right. Thank, keep going. thank you, Paul, on that one. So now that we've kicked I will Hannah say, out, so I, will, I will say one thing that I thought was really fun was this is she's mentioned nerdy things. Jeff is here. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff got us into making Legos. Oh, like, and these these were the most these were well, the most badass Legos that I've ever seen. Well, that's the thing is, so wow. we were at Disney. We went down to Am Worlds, and then we went to Disney World. And Jeff was like, "We are gonna, I got to take you guys over to Legos. There's Star Wars, everything." So we ended up buying like, uh, what are they called? Let the the butt. All right, go. For it. So Jeff and his girlfriend Riley, yeah. we all went to the Lego store, and there was this Lego like two and a half foot R two D two, and I was like, "Dang, that thing is so cute! I want to make that." Or maybe it was like a foot. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I'm really good at telling stories. Anyways. Um, and then there was also these busts of like Stormtrooper, AT, AT, no, TIE Fighter, like Fighter, all these different things. Darth Vader, Vader, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boba Scout Fett, Trooper. sure. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Jeff. Anyways, <clears throat> and so I was like, well, I don't want to make any purchases yet because I want Paul to see them and he can pick one that he likes and then we can like get it and we can build it together. It'd be really fun and we could put it in our game room. And so he comes in and I'm like, yeah, so these are, these are them. And then over there, there's an R2D2 and he goes, cool, yeah, we'll just get all of them. And I was like, oh, I thought we I thought we'd just get one. Yeah, I thought Paul I, was gonna let you pick out just like you were aiming for the R2D2, hoping that maybe, you know, at worst you're getting one of that cool helmets. And then yeah. Paul went like Mr. Beast and he was like, you know, if you can carry it, let's get it. This would be sweet. Let's get the helmets, let's get the R2. Like well, the this thing would be was, fun. The thing was Mr. McBeast. Well, well nice. the thing okay, I'm I'm I will say I'm cheap. I don't spend my money. I don't spend a lot of money on, on random things, but I just felt like why would you just get one? I was like, you have to have the whole set. Like, if you're going to build them, let's you might as well build series. all like, five of them. Five. <laughs> and oh, then the R2-D2. Weird. It's <laughs> called having a too much gene. You guys may relate. You just, it kicks in and you just do too much of something. We have that in our family. <laughs> so, so the question I'll ask both of you two, who is the better Lego builder at this point? I built three of, I think I, I finished three of them. I started one from beginning to end, and then I finished the other two that Riley fell asleep on, and then Yeah, I never Hannah's. had a chance, because I was too busy yeah, taking Jeff care of her home. Record time? <laughs> yeah, Jeff Jeff was actually insane how quick he did it. Jeff actually, has a but, okay, so this is... without the instructions. I spent 10 seconds on one, because... Hold on, no one can hear you, Nick. Wait, wait, this kind of leads me into a question. Um, what... Do you guys find it hard because you focus, especially this year, there's been so many tournaments. Do you find it hard to like find time for just yourself? Yeah. Like you're fighting and you're kind of realizing like, oh, I'm super burnt out and you reflect on your week and you're like, oh, I haven't really just done like relax. And like scrolling on your phone is not 
actually like relaxing. That's just like a different kind of um whatever. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think for me, I feel like I feel like going to the gym is kind of that place for me. Like, it's not really relaxing, but I feel like it's relaxing the mind. And it's almost meditative in that way. So. Just doing it by yourself. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just, in, I'm just, yeah, just oh, my music yeah. and just kind of chilling and, yeah. So, so, so this. What do you do, do, you do to like find time for yourself? You, like, you how do you relax? To, have you like had to struggle to find time for yourself? So, the question in the room. We're not hearing. Oh sorry. oh, sorry. So, like, Missy and Adam and Jeff and stuff just came down from a Delaware, like, came up from Delaware, and it's like now they're already here and then they're on this podcast. And then tomorrow you have a tea time, Missy, at like 7 30 in the morning, and it just <laughs> yeah. starts all over again. Oh, yeah. Sleeping, so right now. Do you struggle to find time for yourself, especially the way that the tour is structured this year? Yeah, totally. I think that's where, you know, the, I mean, for me, like, dabbling a little bit on the guitar and just like, singing in my camper <laughs> in front of Tom and the dogs <laughs> like just like sometimes it's hard to just tell myself to do that but it definitely zends me out and it's like puts me in a different space that I used to love to do all the time and yeah. um so for me at least I have that kind of a hobby that's a little easier to do kind of randomly even if it's for like 10 minutes or one song or whatever um so that's been really nice to just like to zone out and not think about anything else so for me that was that's easy but yeah i mean going out and doing like rock climbing i'm not gonna go do that even though i've done that in the past and i love that too because i can't risk getting hurt or, or something rocks. so yeah yeah i don't know why i did that um but yeah anyway so uh yeah it's definitely really hard and it's kind of just you almost have to just make time like just do whatever you can to like get 10 minutes or something of, of your own time out of well, I yeah, go ahead. Okay, Adam doesn't. He said he forgot. Um, I will say this: that I'm sorry. Like, we're not letting you relax here tonight. We're just taking up your time. And honestly, I think that's a thing. Like, all these types of things do that for you guys, and that's something you got to figure out. I guess you could have said no. We appreciate you said yes, <laughs> but like, you have to weigh the balance. And I'm just gonna say this frankly uh, for the Nick and Matt show: we do find it interesting, and I don't want to cast a funny light here, but here we go. I asked Connor to come on the show and we get a response like really quick. I asked someone like Paul Macbeth. I'm just throwing a name out there. And, and it he takes goes, freaking three weeks and I live with the guy. No, I'm literally goes, like Paul and he just doesn't answer me. Well, no, it's I'm just <laughs> casting a scenario like I already have a lot of that exposure. I don't need more. I need to balance my time differently. I think that's something that's interesting in the sport for sure. I don't know how it will continue to trend. And Paul is and to be fair with Paul. He's given us the time of day plenty of times. But that's something you guys do manage, of course. Um, anybody have any closing remarks for anything on the night or that you just want to get off your chest before we close it out? Anybody? Well, I think just kind of Nick. on that topic really quick was we were talking about people like touring disc golfers. You guys are struggling to find time for certain things. And one of those things is tonight coming on the Nick and Matt show for two hours. But I think that's almost like it comes two with hours? being five. <laughs> it comes with being the professional athlete. Like you watch it happen in every other sport that even though you know, Chris Paul might've just had the worst game in the finals. That dude still has to go and take time to go do his Jeff, press conference. Chris and Paul it's almost like not saying player. you guys have to do NBA. anything right now, but I do see the sport having like, let's say a majority of the players in here are sponsored by Discraft. So Discraft in the future saying, 
Hey, Ezra, you just did that. You have to go on the Nick and Matt show Monday <laughs> that's night. What, that's what happened, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, called, I called Bob, or I called Jeff. Jeff called Bob. Yeah, exactly. I got and Bob texted but, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> and Ezra's like, damn it, I guess I'll drive over there. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm kind of surprised we have that kind of power. Okay. Ezra would like to go to Planet Fitness. Ezra, Planet Fitness. Oh, it's not a 24-hour? No, it's not. Oh. COVID, COVID hours. messed it up, man. Oh, All right. There's a gym. There's a gym like. What's today? Chest day, leg day. Chest day, leg day. Leg day. Gotcha. He skips leg day. Oh, he's always skipping leg day. What a day! Oh, Monday leg day or the Nick? Oh, the Nick and Matt show has some important. Put me on the show because today's leg day. Actually, push it back. He was like, my legs kind of hurt from playing the course earlier. And for this segment of the Nick and Matt, it becomes the roast of Ezra. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, everyone come up with one roast for Ezra. This is no. We didn't tell Ezra this, but we're actually all going to roast him for the next hour. Actually, it's an interv- in intervention. It's no. <laughs> Clickbait, man. Clickbait. <laughs> I don't know why that Two hit me. Two hours of Ezra getting roasted. But yes. No, I think that kind of will conclude and end it. And Nick Here, and Matt from the Nick and Matt show. Any from the chat? Say or that any again. Questions? Any questions? Any questions from the chat? Yeah. And actually, if you're up for it, whoever wants to answer, I thought it. Pick yeah. one winner. Pick a winner for a question, One you mean? Question. Everyone who's watching right now, type a question. Okay. For the next 30 Someone seconds, literally wrote this. If there's time for one final question That's for the it. group. My name is Jeff. Paul. <laughs> My name is Jeff. Paul, you somehow knew it. <laughs> yeah. That is, the, I love it. That is his name, name in the Jeff. chat. My name is Jeff. Okay. <laughs> if there's time for one final question, if you could play with any person in history, this not, doesn't have to be a disc golfer, just anybody at any course in the world, who would you play with and what course? All right. Anybody? Is there any favorite people in the world? Everyone's like, oh, that wasn't a good question. <laughs> That's a really tough one. Oh, I'd play with Christian Yelich, and it'd be somewhere in Milwaukee, probably. <laughs> okay, cool. Anybody else? <clears throat> Can I go back to, like, biblical times? No one asked for my answer, but I'm going back to Jesus. That's a good answer. I honestly feel like that would be total hole eight. Would he shoot a perfect? Like, does he just like walk out and get my disc for me because I threw it in the water? (laughs) I don't know. Well, I was gonna say, but I mean, if it's in the middle, yeah, I don't know. He'll just spread spread the water. (laughs) Perfect. So, anybody else? Yeah, no. Okay, I I I have one. Oh, there's a couple out here. They're just lingering before we close it up. No. I would say Aisha Curry so I could meet her again and not cry. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, go. I'm going to say one. one and no one feels sad, but my cousin Danny passed away back in 2016 and he'd be the person that I'd want to play disc golf again with. And you have a picture of him, I think, on Maple Hill, like yeah. Hole 8 walking. Area, the right? last picture him and I have together is at Hole 8 Maple Hill. Wow. Yep. Going right past the drop zone. Hey, Hole 8. Hey, Hole yeah, I'm going to reach up. outside of disc golf and play around with LeBron here at Maple Hill for my first round here. They should probably hit him up. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, we'll have our people message his people. Hey, LeBron, I just won the Delaware Disc Golf Challenge. <laughs> I'll say Elon Musk. Anyway, anytime. Whoa. The moon? Elon Musk. On Mars, dude. False cross on Mars. Yes. That'd be sick. On Mars. That is awesome. Uh, fun fact, just to send people out with a, a fun fact for the disc golf sales for MVP. And I know nobody in here sponsored by MVP, but maybe you heard this and we're going to close out just to leave people thinking. Their sales from a single disc release being MVP's release for James Conrad, okay, after the world championship, 
their single release on that disc ended up being more than all the discs they produced in 2019, all the discs they produced in 2019, and even that of what was in their warehouse and what it can hold from one disc release after somebody won the world championship. They did pre-orders, I believe, and they, uh, I don't think they threw numbers out, but I did see this like stat because it got talked about, I think on Alti World's podcast, and I saw it and it was, they said they did pre-orders and the pre-orders absolutely smoked their previous <laughs> year's production, which is kind of insane. At any level, like that's insane. Yeah. So that's awesome, it is awesome. And I just wanted to leave people with that thought because I just feel like that just talks about where the sport is. You guys have got a lot of insights you shared tonight. There is honestly too many topics to cover. We're not going to keep you all night. We're going to try to wrap it up right about now. Nick. <laughs> You ready to give the close out? Yeah, did everyone Congrats say the person the, uh, they want to play with? Congrats to the most recent champ in the room again. Yeah. yeah uh, Scott that's a big one. Congrats to Connor. Uh, first time on the Nick and Matt show, but also first time NT winner, Delaware Disc Golf Challenge. Pretty awesome. I'm sure that's going to be a big career changer in your career. Connor and I actually first played together. I first met him in Vegas, the first round of the Pro Tour this year. And uh, it was super fun. I got to know Connor and then kind of just watching his, you know, battles throughout the year. Um, it's very fun to watch, and then to have you sitting in the room as a new NT winner. That's awesome. Missy also winning an Elite Series event this year. Adam winning an Elite Series event this year. Ezra and I not winning any Elite Series events this year. I won an Elite Series. Paul has won an A-tier this year out in Memorial, which he's won once or twice before in the past. So, <laughs> No, I know. And Des Moines. Paul has also, Paul has a pro tour win and a national tour win. So this room is, this is the most dominant national tour win right here. Uh, like that a national tour room, so right? Like, we just need Haley King here, and that would have been that would that would have been Haley King, but oh, and Katrina and Paige. So, at this point, you guys have suffered long enough and enjoying our show. To the 654 people concurrently watching, we do appreciate you. Go ahead and check us out on YouTube on the Foundation Podcast Network. Uh, go ahead, like, subscribe, and uh, check out everyone. In our room, check out their social medias. I'm not going to post them all here, 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 because I don't know how to do that. But um, they're all very popular. You should already be following them. So once again, we do really appreciate it. Matt, you set up this awesome studio for all of us to come. Thank you once again, guys. Tell someone you love them this week. We'll catch you in the next one. And Hannah, Paul, Ezra, Connor, Adam, Missy, Jeff, Nick, you're awesome. The Nick and Matt Show. A disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt show on your favorite podcast platforms or stream us live exclusively on the Foundation Podcast YouTube channel.